We're about a week out from one of the most consequential elections in American history and probably the most important election in our lifetimes, Donald Trump versus Joe Biden. And the most important thing that any one of these candidates can do in order to get more votes is to get their message out. Well, we've seen some of the most dramatic censorship in the past couple of weeks, notably the New York Post. It is the oldest newspaper that's never been in, uh, in uninterrupted circulation. The fourth biggest in the country is still, as far as I can tell, suspended on Twitter for a story we now know to be true. Now, there's a lot in this story about Hunter Biden that we haven't necessarily confirmed, but there are emails, they're suspect. We've got a whistleblower, a man named Tony Bobulinski, who has now come out and said he's worked with the Bidens and he knows they were doing this nefarious stuff. Censored. How is Donald Trump supposed to win when he has got the media and big tech set up against him? Maybe he will. We don't know for sure. But we have a very special guest today tonight, Ryan Hartwig, who was a content moderator for Facebook, who leaked a bunch of documents to Project Veritas. You also interviewed with them and, and just basically laid it all out exactly what you could do, what they were doing. And uh, I asked you just a moment ago, you, you, you would say election interference. Yeah, I think that's a valid uh, phrase to describe what Facebook is doing. I mean, so just to set it up for you, uh, you know, in 2016, Trump won the election. And in 2017 is when Facebook contracted Cognizant uh, with for, for this project. So we'll, yeah. we'll jump into it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so obviously, you know all about this. So there's a bunch of documents out in front of you. <laughs> and uh, I got to say, like the first little little conversations we had before the show went live, it sounds crazier than even I realize and, and scarier. You started mentioning like what qualifies it, an influencer, the swears you're allowed to use against people and why you aren't allowed to use certain swears. This, this is weird stuff. So, uh, of course, this, this should be interesting, too, because, as you know, Ian Crossland's chilling. Hey, guys. But as as we mentioned the other day with uh, with Alan Bakari, Ian was a co-founder of Minds.com, which is one of the most prominent. I don't want I don't I don't like saying alternate, you know, social media platform, but Minds is a pretty big. It's got a couple million users. Minds.com is is pretty prominent in terms of not one of the big three social media networks. You moderated for them as well. Yeah, I did a lot, just like Ryan. Similar, probably to what you did. I think. I think the, the difference is you weren't purposefully targeting people based on their politics to remove them. I was purposely not targeting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. So we'll get into all this, and then of course uh, we've got Sour Patch Lids producing. And hello, I'm she'll over be hanging here. Out and chiming Hi. In. But uh, I think, look, we've got we've got a lot of stories in the news. I think we should just jump right in because we are about a week and a half away from this election. About 50 million people, that's my understanding, have already voted. These mm -hmm. people can't change their votes. And that's the, one of the craziest things. They changed the rules. They put up all this early voting. They got all this mail-in voting. I'm willing to bet there's a lot of people right now who are learning things they couldn't have. Like it was very uh, – uh, uh, let me rephrase this. There's a lot of people who are just now learning things, information that was probably suppressed. I bet there's a lot of people who watched that debate the other night. And when Donald Trump said – your family was making a ton of money off these deals, these these interviews you know, or the, these emails, these these meetings. You know, people want to know your brother made millions in Iraq. Someone probably said, whoa, what is that? And they couldn't hear that story because Twitter and Facebook were actively censoring it. They may have already voted. And now they're sitting there saying, oh, no, I already voted for this guy. This is why censorship is so crazy. And it's going to have a huge impact in the next 10 or so days. So uh, we're here with Ryan Hartwig. You were a, a a moderator, a content moderator for Facebook. Yeah. What is what did you do? What is that? Yeah. So as a content moderator, I mean, we we see the most vile things that you can imagine that are on the internet. So uh, there was a training for a month, and they threw us on the production floor, and you we would be seeing you know 
incest videos, uh, <sighs> snuff videos. Uh, I was working for a time the the uh, Spanish queue in Latin America, so I'd see a lot of cartel violence, beheadings, wow. throat slittings, um, pornography. So everything that that's horrible on the internet, that's what I would take down and delete. Um, that, 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 yeah. Does that? So I, I've heard a lot of people get like PTSD from watching these videos all day, every day. I have to imagine that's messed up stuff. Huh? Yeah. Like there's uh, for a while, at the beginning in the Spanish queue, I'd get more like gross stuff, more graphic violence, more cartel violence. But towards the end, when I switched over to the North American side, I didn't think, I didn't get that as much. We would get some child pornography as well. But yeah, like, yeah, some of my coworkers. I was just talking to one the other day who has like PTSD symptoms, but they didn't have counselors on site, counselors that would be coaching us and giving us techniques. So I don't feel like I really had too much PTSD. Most of the time, I wasn't. I was. I didn't bring it home at night. But but yeah, it is a tough job. Ian's messed up. He's gone. I'm <laughs> Dude, I was going crazy. <laughs> crazy. What was your schedule like? Um, so they had quite a few different shifts. Mine was mainly the day shift. But like I'd hate to have like the night shift, like having to see that kind of stuff, because I think your brain's different, like during the night shift, how it interprets things. So but we had we had all shifts, yeah. So you would, what would you do? Would you delete videos, delete posts, or what? Yeah, I would delete videos. I would delete groups, pages. I monitored the Mexican presidential election in 2018. Huh. So there was about 200 of us on the Spanish side, and we were monitoring the Mexican presidential election. But yeah, I could take down whole groups, pages, videos, posts, comments. For Facebook and Instagram. First simple question. In your experience, having worked at this company, taking down groups, pages, videos, did you feel there was a political bias? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Against uh, uh, what political group? Uh, against conservatives. That's just that simple. Plain and simple. Like, it, <laughs> there it yeah. is. I mean, the first year before the, before the uh, Covington law firm did an audit against Facebook, they were blatant. Every time Trump gave a speech, even the State of the Union... They're like, hey, guys, watch out for hate speech stemming from Trump. Wow. Every, everything he said. And then, I mean, I added in by May of 2019, and we can go by the time, go through the timeline at some point. But, but yeah, I mean, I had, I made a list before I even decided to reach out to like journalists or Project Veritas. I made a list of about 20 examples of bias that I'd seen. And then that list just grew and grew. And so by the time I went public four months ago, I mean, the list is like, I have 30 plus clear cut examples. Of a bias, and this this is why Congressman Matt Gates, you know, could take the evidence I gave him, and he was able to give that to the DOJ, and because of that, there's a criminal referral to the DOJ for Mark Zuckerberg. Criminal, yeah, criminal oh, referral. Why, this so is not civil. This is criminal. Why is it criminal? Because he this the, the that referral was for alleged perjury. Because oh, in tw- April wow. 2018, Zuckerberg testified that they do not censor political speech, Whoop. and they do. <laughs> they sure do. Yeah. So what's an example of some did you did you ever personally remove American conservatives? Um you know yeah. Uh, so for example, just a quick example, like um there's a viral video in summer of twenty eighteen where this Trump supporter got attacked in a restaurant. He was a kid, like sixteen year old kid. Was that the splashed in the face thing? I th- like I a think drink? It might have been. Uh yeah, I think he might have splashed his drink on him. And so Facebook said, hey, well, there was cursing in that video towards a minor, so delete the whole thing. And they even knew it was a viral video. They said, hey, we know this is a viral video showing a Trump supporter being attacked, but because there's cursing, delete the whole video, which kind mm. of fits the policy. It's kind of a gray area in the policy. Like, we don't allow cursing in a minor, nor that's person to person. So if I'm on Facebook attacking a minor, cursing in the minor, that's different than just sharing a video with a neutral caption. And in some of those videos, the, the curse words were even bleeped out. Wow. So, so how would you describe yourself politically? 
Do, do, are you conservative? Yeah, I lean more conservative, uh, more like libertarian. Yeah. So when you were there, uh, how, well, actually, let me ask, how long were you, were you there for doing this job? Yeah, I was there for just under two years. Wow. You yeah. were there for a while. Yeah. Didn't it get to you? You're like, I'm deleting this very important stuff that like is important for people to know. Yeah, it did get to me. And that's why I started making a list on, on my own. Like, hey, here's, here's some examples that I saw. But like the policy is very nuanced. So to the average person who's content moderator, it might not stick out. But it might not be too obvious. But like once you dig down into the policy, you're like, hey, this is baked into the cake. It's not just a couple of rogue moderators who are deleting Trump content. It's built into the policy. What about leftist content that you think should have been removed that they told you not to remove or allowed to stay? Do you see a lot of that? So I, I don't know, uh, there's a few examples of that. I mean, I, obviously, the most clear-cut example I have is there was a post in 2017, actually. I wasn't there at the time, but I, I could go back and see a post from 2017. And they're clearly saying that Antifa is not a hate organization. But it's funny because in the post, they're like, hey, there's a bunch of protests being organized in like nine American cities. There are alleged ties to Antifa. Please remember that Antifa is not a hate organization. Wow. So, I mean, yeah, I can definitely see them um, protecting leftist viewpoints when it comes to protests, topless protests, when there's females protesting, or if there was a protest called uh, Grab Them by the Ballot that Mm -hmm. showed a bunch of females naked protesting Trump, uh, a plan words for the Grab Them by the... Right, right, right. The, yeah, the, what Trump, <laughs> yeah, Trump said. Yeah. yeah. And so... Um, that they, was allowed. They would allow it. So they make newsworthy exceptions whenever they want to change the policy at their whim. So are they... Are they? Uh, you think they swung any elections? You think they swung 2018's midterms or what? The, 2018 was a trial run. So, fi- yeah. So Facebook told us, and the word on the street there at Facebook was, hey, you know, we brought all the content moderation to the US, which is very expensive, by the way. It was like a $200 million three-year contract. So they brought they brought all these jobs to the U.S. so they could keep it closer on the, on the election. And the, the reason they gave was because Russia interfered in the 2016 election. So that was the whole basis for them bringing thousands of jobs to the U.S. was, hey, Russia interfered in 2016. We messed up. We're trying to fix this. But in 2018, yeah, we had a training deck just for the 2018 midterms. Excuse me. Uh, we had, yeah, we had a training deck. So they said, hey, flag any content that's election related. If it's meets certain criteria, flag it with a VI, which goes directly to the Facebook queue, to Facebook employees. So, and then just this past fall, they were like, they, they sent us a message saying, we urgently need visibility into conversations about the Democratic debates, the Democrat debates when, when the primaries. So even stuff that's not violating, they want to know what's going on. We're their eyes and ears. Because without us flagging trends, like I was flagging this past January and December, I was flagging like Boogaloo and Civil War was trending. So we we flagged trends to them. And Facebook, Facebook, so yeah. You're not just removing stuff. You're actually like scouting intel and giving them information on what people are talking about. Exactly. Interesting. Yeah. Alan was uh, Alan Bakari, uh, for those that aren't familiar, we had him on the show. He's a journalist, a tech, tech reporter for Breitbart, and he's been covering a lot of this. He mentioned there's this program where they're trying to pull people to the center. I, I, did you have you heard about this at all? I think I heard mention of it on the interview on Tuesday. So yeah. they're trying to pull people to the center. Yeah. Um, well, it sounds like it, you didn't come across anything like that in your in your work. Dick, actually, when I act, I talked to the policy manager Sean. I had a lot of conversations with him. He was in charge of of the. He was a cognizant employee, but he could make decisions for like the entire, uh, you know, all the staff at the Phoenix location. So he could make a decision for a thousand workers about the policy. 
And so I asked him about that. And he's like, yeah, we try to like segregate people, like like-minded people together to prevent more. Yeah. That's why they're, 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 they're tribalizing people on purpose. Yeah. Why? He said like to prevent, I don't know, maybe fights, prevent conflict or whatnot. Where? Cause I raised up civil war to him, the trending civil war. This was during the <laughs> impeachment and yeah. people were talking about boogaloo, which kind of means civil war. Right. Right. And he's like, that's great. Like keep on sending me these jobs. Facebook really wants visibility and wants to know what's going on. He's like, if, if Facebook had identified some of these trends in 2016, then they would have been glad to know what the trends were in 2016 yeah. when Trump won. The, the, the thing I'm curious about when hearing, you know, Al Alum was saying that basically what they're trying to do is they were trying to figure out why people who are far right became more moderate, regular conservative or whatever. And they wanted to find whatever content they were viewing and give them more of it. So I'm wondering if did they ever come to you and say this content clearly breaks, breaks the rules like, I understand you mentioned the leftist protest, but I'm wondering if there was other examples where they said these things get a special exemption, like straight up told you don't get rid of this kind of content. Um, I'm trying to think of some examples like that, because I know I know they gave news over the exceptions, like like if you know there were celebs uh, opposing abortion in Alabama and they said something that violated the policy, then then Facebook gave them a pass. We can go back to that later if you'd like uh, mm -hmm. discussing abortion. But so they gave specific newsworthy exceptions to allow you know promotion of leftist ideologies. But as far as what you're saying, like, is there a type of content like, we're looking for? They they did say look for right wing extreme extremism globally that mm -hmm. might lead to violence. And they did call out Spain. They said, hey, in Spain there's a separatist movement, separatist nationalist movement involving with the Bosques. Look out for violence stemming from that. So in a way, they did try to like by asking the content moderators, like thousands of them, to look for certain things. Like we're gonna be, I mean, we we get bored. We see hundreds of posts a day. We probably do a hundred, two hundred jobs a day. So by f feeding us information, by telling us to look for certain things, it it kind of uh, sways things a certain way. Were your coworkers uh, progressive or leftist or what? Some of them were, some of them were, were right wing, some of them were more conservative. There's two guys I worked with who were actually in the original video with Project Veritas, um, Jose Moreno and, uh, his, his friend. And we, um, we had conversations and I sat with them towards the last couple months at work. Um, so there, I mean, there was a pretty diverse group of people, but, um, all the leadership I noticed were more, were more left leaning. Yeah. So Sean Browder, for example, was a huge Bernie Sanders supporter. The reason I ask is because, you know, when I worked for some of these media companies, it seems like their goal is to hire people who are progressive left leaning and then let them do their thing. You know, if they don't need to tell you to go after conservatives if you're already biased, you know, yeah. so I, I, that, that's why I ask. But it doesn't seem like they were doing that. It doesn't seem like they were they were hiring people. Uh, you know, they're just hiring. It seemed like they were hiring hiring regular people. I think for promotions, I think they definitely did take that into account. What's crazy too is the summer after I started that June or July, they actually made us link our personal Facebook accounts to continue working. Wow. Why? And some people, they I don't tracking know. you? They, they said the excuse was so that we didn't accidentally action our friend's content. Like, what's the probability, <laughs> oh, okay. right? Yeah. So it freaked a lot of people out because a lot of people didn't have a Facebook account. But, but yeah, I, I applied for a pro promotion a couple of times, never got it. I applied to the policy team with the same team with Sean Browder, and I have a degree. And a lot of these people were young, like in their early 20s, fresh out of high school, didn't have a degree. So I think for promotions, they definitely did take um, ideology into account. Interesting. Do you feel like they, because of your politics, 
or just because you didn't fit in with like their culture, they they didn't give you a promotion or they held you back or what? Yeah, I think I think it's probably the politics about it. Um, I mean, they they t- in the interviews they said, hey, as as a part of the policy team, you're going to be interfacing with the client a lot. So I mean, if you're if if you're a, a higher up, if you're hiring someone for the policy team and you know they're going to be interacting a lot with a client, why would you promote a a right wing or conservative person? If I mean, if you're trying to protect, it's, yeah. it's it's really similar to what I was told when I worked for a Fusion. Side with the audience. Look, the people who come to us are progressive. Therefore, we give them, you know, we want to give them what they want. And so that seems seems to make sense. Yeah. Based on what you were doing, uh, I mean, I asked you already. Do uh, you think they were? You, you, you think they swung an election? Do you think what they did helped the Democrats win in the midterms in 2018? Yeah, definitely, hundred percent. I mean, they. Just think about it's it's about gathering information and intel. So I mean, you have, for example, just this just an example. This past fall, you had their Ukraine whistleblower, mm-hmm. and Facebook's guidance was to delete that. And I was on the front lines when that happened. Well, you you were at Facebook, yeah. When so we can't say the Ukraine whistleblower's name on YouTube right now. Such nonsense. Yeah. This is this is active censorship. If we say this person's name, they will cut the feed. I have videos on YouTube that are in this weird state. That doesn't exist anywhere else on YouTube. So what, what happens is if you break the rules on YouTube, they'll delete your post. If it's not a rule breaking thing, but it's like borderline and they're like, well, look, they'll do what's called forced private. Your video will, will change to private so only you can see it and you can't change it back. But you don't get a strike. It's not banned. It's just <laughs> one of the steps they have. What they did to my videos on the Ukraine whistleblower. This is the guy who started the whole impeachment process. They are almost just a graphic on the website. When yeah. I go into my videos, I have one video on my main channel, one on my second channel, Timcast and Timcast News. When I go into my videos, these the, the, the videos are there. You can see them, but you can't click anything. When you when the mouse goes over it, it doesn't change. You know, so you, you know, weird. You, when, weird. When, yeah. when you hover over a link, it like turns into a little finger about to yeah. click it. Nothing. Hmm. And I click and nothing happens. That's what they do. So when when all this is going down, I went on Facebook and I immediately started you know, posting this guy's name like crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, here's the crazy thing. I never got any warnings. I never got any, like, notifications. Yeah. The posts would just disappear. What? That was you. Yeah, that was us. So, 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 so I actually discovered it, and it, we actually sent it to Facebook, so Facebook finalized the policy. So originally, and this goes back to 2018, because, you know, if, if Facebook can, essentially, his name was a, was a Republican talking point. You know, Rand Paul tried to mention his name. It was on Fox News. It was, he yeah. said it in the Senate. Yeah, exactly. A senator named this guy because of his potential ties yep. to Democrats, his lawyers, the statements they made. And there was also a statement made about him that had nothing to do with impeachment or whistleblowing. Yeah. You could not say his name no matter what. There was a C-SPAN video. A senator, an American senator on the Senate floor said to the American people, this guy and this guy were overheard saying they wanted to remove Trump. Had nothing to do with the whistleblowing. That video got removed from YouTube. So it really wasn't for to protect him as a whistleblower. It was, it was, it was deleting a Republican talking point. That's what it was, plain and simple. So when we first discovered it, I ran across this job, and I was talking to my coworker Skyler about it, and we're like, "Hey, what should we do? This guy's, you know, a, a whistleblower or whatever." And so we raised it to our local policy team, and and we made they made an interim decision for the next six hours to delete it under our privacy policy because they thought that he was undercover law enforcement. And I have screenshots of that exact same policy. Wait, wait, they, they, they thought the whistleblower was an undercover law enforcement. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he literally worked for the CIA. Yeah. 
He wasn't undercover. No. And okay. so that was the initial decision from our local policy team. And then f- six hours later, Facebook said, okay, we'll continue deleting it, but we're going to delete it under this generic part of the policy called coordinating harm. So there's nothing in the wording of that policy at all that relates to whistleblowers. Uh, so it was just delete coordinating harm other. So it's just some generic part of it. But I have, you know, conversations. I was recording, filming at the time when I had those conversations with Skylar and my other coworkers. And I have a really good analysis of it written up. But yeah, it's so mind blowing. You were deleting posts. I was deleting all day. So they feed them into our queue. So they do a proactive pull and they pull in so they can search whatever name it is. They pull it into our queue and all day I'd get like 100 jobs like that and just delete, delete. Did, was, did you have a touch screen? <laughs> no, it was it uh, your mouse. I do, so do you're literally like click, click. clicking, clicking because the post was probably crazy. Like people were probably saying this guy's name thousands of times per hour. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, yeah. And then we had shortcut keys. So it was like 277. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Just but yeah, new. So much easier. Wow. I mean, did that shock, would that worry you at all? Were you, were you like, why am I deleting this? Or were you just like, I'm at work and I'm going to delete all these guys, you know? Mm-hmm. Some people enjoyed it. I mean, if, I, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they did. They enjoyed wow. the power, right? the I power bet, trip. Yeah. Um, but even, we even had a picture of uh, George Soros's son that people are confusing with a Ukraine whistleblower. Oh, and yeah. I raised that up and I asked my supervisors, they said, they said uh, and they asked Facebook actually, or I think, and they said, no, still delete it because they're implying that it's him. So wow. it wasn't even him. It was someone else. It was Alexander Soros. I, I, I fooled around a bit on Facebook to see what I can get away with. <laughs> of course he did. And uh, I did one post that was like, I wrote this thing, which was basically, I wrote a short paragraph saying why censorship is wrong, but the first letter of each word spelled his name going straight down. It's pretty yeah, creative. Yeah, I'd seen those. One, it never got that. deleted. Never, never got deleted. No, wow. no, yes. I think I still have it on it. Maybe they deleted it and I just didn't notice at this point. But it was up for a really, really long time as far as I yeah. know. And I thought it was going to be temporary. I'm like, okay. Yeah, it's trending right now, maybe in a couple months. But I checked back and that was like in October or November. I checked back in January and up until I, I left till the project ended in this past February, that guidance was still active. You want to know what the craziest thing was? One of my posts, I, we'll just call this guy John Doe. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I called him Voldemort. We'll call him Voldemort. Mm-hmm. The, the, he who must not be named. Yeah, we can. So uh, I, I made a post using his real name, of course, but it said, Voldemort is a 55-year-old dental hygienist from, you know, Dubuque, right, Iowa. Yeah. He, has a, he has a family, a wife, and five kids, and he's going to, you know, something really benign and having nothing to do with anything. They deleted it just because that name was in it, even yeah. though it was a text post okay. about a dental hygienist different in Dubuque, person. totally different person, gone. <laughs> now, that was over the top. I was like, wow. Yeah. It's like, it almost felt like it was a robot doing it, but... It was people. Yeah, there really could be someone with that name who has happens to have the same name as him who's getting t- punished because of it. It's speaking of attacking innocent people and, and like the, the average Joe citizen, uh, you know who Caitlin Bennett is, right? Yes. So there was a meme that's trending about her that's still trending of her like passed out drunk. Supposedly it was her and there was like feces coming out. It right. was really gross. She made a mess. Yeah. So they still, to this day, she, is that she real? was- I don't know. Is it real? That's what we were debating. And that's kind of discussions. We have weird conversations at Facebook. Like, <laughs> Sounds like it. Just a quick aside. You know that the Melania Trump nude photo, like where yeah. she's like yeah. crotch to crotch with another female? We we had this huge discussion about that because per Facebook policy, if they're crotch on crotch and, and some one of them doesn't have underwear on, if it's a guy and a girl, well, you know, there could be... Uh, yeah, for sake of a better word, penetration. I'm trying to speak about, talk about <laughs> right. it scientifically. Yeah, sure. Be a little family friendly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so we were, we ended up interpreting the policy to delete that because, anyways, it was just kind of weird, but it's, you know, two females 
next to each other. That's weird, yeah. Um, so back to Caitlin Bennett. So Caitlin Bennett, yeah, there's this meme trending about her, uh, you know, passed out drunk, but you can't see her face. So there's mm. it's, there's some college co-ed face down, and her friends wow. are standing around, and she's passed out drunk, and there's stuff she's coming dirty, out of her yeah. backside, and her skirt's pulled up halfway, like halfway up her buttocks, and so. There's three different policies that, that would we'd look at in this situation. So the first is the bullying policy. So first of all, is she a public figure or a private individual? We don't know. But the policy says if we don't know if it's a public figure or private, then we default to private individual to protect the private individual. Mm-hmm. So they should have not done that from the get-go. There's another policy called sexual exploitation of adults that covers creep shots or taking yeah. pictures of people when they're passed Every out yeah. half naked. That makes sense. Yeah. And so, like, there's clear, clearly a lot of things they could have deleted this for. Um, and, but, yeah, but they said – but the guidance was – and I have a screenshot of the guidance. They said, well, we don't know, but we kind of think that, that it is true, so leave it up. So You couldn't so, even see what it was. You, you couldn't tell what it was. And the specific guidance in the letter of the law was to default to private individual. If you're unsure, default to private individual. So they, they didn't follow the, their own policy, which, you, as you can see, is a trend. Facebook not following their own rules. Yeah. And so they, yeah, they left and it up. So that could be some innocent, you know, 19 year old girl who's now, you know, being made fun of nationally. Well, yeah, that's, yeah. that's what they always say about Caitlin Bennett. And yeah. I, I, I didn't know anything about what it was. They were just, you know, they, they, they make fun of her. Yeah. So this could be just entirely made up to go after her to try and poison the well, discredit her so that she can't speak. And Facebook allows it to happen in violation of their own rules. Right. Amazing. Yeah. Have you seen other, any other examples like that? Or, or was that like... So that was a big one, I think. Um, I think also with uh, Greta Thunberg, um, you know, she's... I think she's she does a lot of good work. I think she's a wonderful person. I mean, but, you know, she's... Uh, she has been ridiculed, ridiculed a lot. So Facebook gave her a... Um, Give an exception to give her additional protections, and we know she there's some you know autism I think, and so yeah. I want to be respectful of that as well. I think she's 17 now, or is she? I'm not sure if she's 17 or 18. 18. But anyways, so people were calling her retarded, and this is after that incident at the UN where there was exchange an exchange between Greta Thunberg and Donald Trump. But people were calling her retarded. Gree. Retarded. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so it was kind of a play on oh, her name. I see. Greta. Retarded. Right. Retarded. So minor public figures like her, they do have some protections. Like you can't make sexual jokes about them because they are minors. But you can call you can call a minor you can you can call Jojo Siwa a retard. Like mm-hmm. you can call call anybody else who's a minor public figure a retard. It's not a nice thing to say, but Facebook allows it because it's nothing. It's not sexual in nature. But Facebook made an exception to disallow and delete any mention of Greta Thunberg, and so that's when they use their proactive pool again. They, their AI scraped the system. And dumped all instances of Greta Thunberg into our queue. Even the actual post we had on our workplace that was mentioning retarded, it pulled that same uh, post into our queue. So every day we're deleting hundreds of jobs related to that. So it's one example of them kind of making an exception to the rules to protect very, certain people. Very clearly protecting the left yeah. and going after the right. Right. So, uh, well, I asked you uh, twice now that you, you think they did provide a benefit to the Democrats, help them win essentially in 2018. Yeah, I did hundred percent. Do you think that's what's happening now? Hundred percent. I mean, like the yeah, and like a lot, all the evidence I have points towards that. Um, yeah, that they are like interfering in the election. I have this these notes here. So this is what they did for the twenty twenty elections. They created a new queue, so it's called the civic harassment queue, and so they combined basically hate speech and bullying, 
in a way. But they're saying, they said, why were the changes made to the existing guided review tree for bullying and harassment? And they said, bullying and harassment has been identif- identified as a priority issue around the U.S. 2020 election. We acknowledge that anyone can share an opinion about the U.S. 2020 election, but not all voices carry equally far, nor are equally susceptible to attacks. We want to protect not only influential figures who are vulnerable to harassment through their status, but also ordinary folks that make themselves vulnerable by interacting with content generated by these figures. So they're saying there's this overlap between like hate speech and like the election. So what happened was we ended up getting, I think they really wanted, really wanted to see what, what was trending. So I saw DC Drano's Instagram account a lot. Um, some of these huge uh, Instagram influencers. So, more things got reported in those comments. And and so I think they just really wanted to see the trends. Uh, but yeah, it was always a priority. They're, um, they're, when they track yeah. the trends, it's giving them intelligence on what's going on and how people think and feel when it comes to uh, elections and politics. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm curious because I know that Mark Zuckerberg had a, apparently had a private meeting with, I think, like Trump and Ben Shapiro and some other people or something. I'm wondering if they realized, that a lot of people were mentioning, if the Republicans win... And they're not censoring Republicans. They'll probably be fine because the conservatives rarely want to regulate big companies. In fact, there's a lot of conservatives right now saying, no, it's a free speech thing. We don't want to regulate. If the left wins, even if they support them, they're going to regulate antitrust or whatever. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people were suggesting that Mark Zuckerberg at some point realized the trend that free speech, you know, uh, liberals were joining conservatives and defending, you know, free speech and, and uh, these values. And then Mark Zuckerberg switched to start defending the right. So now we have uh, – there's, there's two big stories that, that overlap. One is that Facebook recently was deranking progressive websites like Think Progress and that they – and that actively helping, in a, in a way, conservative sites. And that's why conservative sites are now the top 10 most shared or engaged with content every single week. You can see it's like Fox News, Ben Shapiro, Dan Bongino every single time. So I'm curious if, if, if you saw – it doesn't sound like you saw anything, but I'm wondering – if you saw any kind of shift in that capacity, if there's any veracity to that theory. So from a business standpoint, obviously it makes sense to side with people who are more, more you know, towards free speech or more libertarians who want less government involvement. Cause the last thing Facebook wants is more government regulation. Right. And what I asked a lot of people at Facebook, my coworkers like, Hey, what are, what are Facebook motives? Are they, are they political? And they're like, well, that's all about the money for them. So I think there's some validity to that. I know uh, Mark Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg got a lot of flack when he said about a year ago, he said that we're not going to fact check political ads. Yeah. And the left like destroyed him. Oh, and then he met with Trump. And now they're banning Trump's ads. Yeah. So they finally <laughs> flip-flopped. Yep. And um, I have some personal experience with that. When I worked at Uber Corporate in 2016 as a contractor, I worked as a fraud analyst uh, like for about two months. And we, we had this, this club meeting with called Uber Hue, like, uh, like the Ebony Club from high school, or whatever, but it's called Uber Hue. And one of the leaders was like bragging about how they got Travis Kalanick, the CEO of Uber, to retract his statement of all lives matter. Wow. And so she was like bragging about it. I'm like, and then she's like, yeah. And then, and then he donated and this, uh, something to the fourth, fourth floor of the Sears Center in, in Sacramento for, that was dedicated to the Black Panthers. And I'm like, so you're you're admitting that like Black Lives Matter like helped like forced him to retract his statement like that's kind of messed up. Um, so yeah, uh, as far as yeah, with Mark Zuckerberg and this trend, so I, I did notice a lot of changes after the civic audit. 
So the civic audit from the Covington Law Firm with former Senator John Kyle started in about May of 2018, right what after was, the... Yeah, what is this, this lawsuit? Yeah, so um, basically, the, I think there was pressure from Congress, obviously, because Zuckerberg had just testified in April of 2018. And so there was this claim that conservatives were being censored. So this independent law firm, Covington, headed by former Sen- uh, Arizona Senator John Kyle, basically went in and interviewed a bunch of people working at Facebook and tried to validify these claims. And so they, they found that, yeah, there was some validity to them. And so I saw a change after that. So after that point, then they began tracking the, the news were the exceptions. They began being a little more careful about what they said. I saw less more blatant leftist leaning posts. Mm. Um, but as to your question, as far as, you know, what Mark Zuckerberg's strategy is, or if he's now leaning to the right. I mean, from a business standpoint, like I say, I mean, it's it's possible um, that he's he's trying to play both sides. Yeah. But I think it definitely, I think there's just too much pressure from these organizations on the left. I mean, if you can have the Uber CEO retract his statement because of pressure from Black Lives Matter, I think there's, just, there's too much social pressure from the left. So it's going to always lean that way. Based on what you were saying, did it feel like, you know, there were a lot of people who, like, what was there more of that you saw, right wing or left wing content? I would say there's more right wing content. Um, I saw a lot of posts. I, I did see, you know, on was it now, now this, yeah, now, now this yeah. politics yeah. a lot, and I saw DC Drano a lot. Um, What's DC Drano? He's right wing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's in Florida. He's he's got about a million followers on Instagram. Oh wow, he's, he's a huge for some office, right? He, I'm not sure. He might be. I, think uh, he is, I know yeah. he's a big Trump supporter. Um, so, so yeah, there's a lot of. Uh, I saw more right wing content. There was a fair mix, I, I would say. It it seems like that I mentioned this. I'm one, I think the, the previous episode. There's a meme. It came from 4chan that any sufficiently free space will become right wing and only through hard moderation can a space support left wing ideas, something like that. Yeah. And what's interesting, uh, I guess my question to you in that capacity is yeah. when it came to left wing content versus right wing content, do you see a difference between an individual's post or a, co- a corporation's posts? Like was one side doing more corporate, one side more people, individuals? I definitely saw more, uh, corporate posts that were leftist and I saw more just individual people who were right wing. Uh, and then a funny thing is with the, with, um, how they treat certain words. So with, there was something called the bullying slang list. So if I call someone, if I call Ian over here, if I say, Ian, Ian, you're a Trump humper. (laughs) Fair. (laughs) And, And you, you report it. I, as a moderator, can see that you, Ian reported that comment. So it's called a name face match. Okay. Interesting. So that gives me more power. Now, now the content moderator can say, hey, Ian, Ian himself didn't like that comment. And so, but Trump Humper, it stays up no matter what. Even if you report it, <laughs> yeah, it stays it. up. So but if it, I call you a feminazi or a snowflake. Oh, snap. Really? The, really? Snowflake. Wow. Yeah. Trump yeah. Humper is okay. Trump Humper is okay. Nazi's okay. <laughs> Snowflake and feminazi okay. are not okay. Feminazi is no that? good, but Nazi is great. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. So that Man. gives an example, um, kind of what you're getting into. I hope that yeah. answers your question. Yeah. You, you know, uh, it, that's what I assumed the, that corporations are pushing the leftist narrative. Yeah. And the people who follow it follow it blindly. 
and then the individuals are right wing. There's two, there's two re- ways to look at it. For one, the right is individualist. Mm-hmm. So you've got more people on the right. They want to take care of themselves, mind their own business. And the left is more collectivist. So they have a hierarchical collective structure, a corporation telling yeah. them what to do and think, and they just, they go along with it. Yeah. But in the, in that sense too, it, it, it's interesting. That's why that meme exists that without moderation, it would all be right wing mm-hmm. because the individuals would all be the ones speaking. And the left would not have any kind of group at all. They wouldn't be doing anything. In fact, they'd probably just become right wing, seeing nothing but right wing memes and ideas and things like that. Yeah. So w- w- one of the interesting aspects of that then is it seems like there may it's it's not just a left wing bias. It's a pro corporate bias. Like, does that? Yeah. I mean, we see that just recently. We've seen that with uh, was it Expensify that sent out that email. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So yeah. Expensify sent an email out to all their consumers basically saying literally in the, head, in the subject line, vote for Joe Biden. And or you, there will be a civil war. Or there will be a civil war. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you mentioned this collective force of the left wing. And it's like and it's like the Borg, like you mentioned on Tuesday, the Borg from Star Trek. Yeah. Resistance is futile. Yep. And like... And then they were throwing who is it? The Armstrong, that CEO of the of that one tech company, um, under the bus because he wouldn't. He said it. We don't want to. I don't want to talk about politics at work. Um, do you remember his name? I Armstrong. Which company? I think it was Armstrong. Armstrong. Yeah. I don't know. See, the CEO's name was Armstrong. Which company but, was that for? Um, I don't remember the name. I'll look it up what? for you. Off the top of my head. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean, yeah, we see that resistance is futile. I mean, mm-hmm. they're pressuring. They pressured Travis Kalanick to, to retract All Lives Matter. And that was in like 2016. That was before it became this big. But right now, like, you know, if you're a corporate entity, you pretty much have to cave into the, the woke left mob. Yeah. What is Expensify? Do you know? I think they, it has something to do with expense reports. Yeah. He's, right. cause in the, in the article, in the email, yeah, exactly. he's like, well, he did like a QA. He's like, well, why does a civil war matter? Aren't you overreacting? He's like, well, in a civil war, I wouldn't be able to bill out. Yeah, like, there's not going to be a lot of expense reports in a civil war. <laughs> right. So he's like, he, 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 so, so the, the gist of this story is he is a tech CEO in San Francisco and he sent out a, an email to all of his customers saying you must vote for Joe Biden. I saw some people complaining, saying, why is he using my private information for this? He should not be emailing me these messages outside of the, you know, the realms of what his business does. Yeah. I don't think he broke any laws doing it, but he probably pissed off a lot of customers. Oh, yeah. But it, it's, it's crazy the extent to which I don't care what my expense report tracking company thinks. When I hire a plumber, am I going to be like, by the way, who are you voting for? Uh, don't worry about the toilet. I know it's broken, but let's talk politics. No, I say, thanks for coming. My toilet's broken. Have at it. Let me know if you need anything. Yeah. But could you imagine if you hired a plumber and he showed up and said, before I fix your toilet, Who'd you vote for? <laughs> I, 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 I didn't vote. You didn't vote. What you, you want a civil war? No, man. I took a dump and the toilet's clogged. That's what I want. I don't know what you're talking about. That's Come where on, we're man. at. That's Spe- people yeah. have gone nuts. Speaking of that collective mind, I mean, this is similar to what, um, Zach Voorhees, the Google whistleblower kind of uncovered. I, I, I'm sorry. I got to stop real quick. Oh, uh, I have sorry. to apologize to all plumbers. I think anybody <laughs> doing a hard, a hard job like that probably wouldn't be a leftist anyway. Right. Exactly. Shout it's out. Doing, doing, hard doing hard work. Kind of this is true. Leftism. Now I have to apologize to all the leftist plumbers. I mean, oh no disrespect. Gosh, I'm just right. kidding. I'm just kidding. Anyway, continue. <laughs> Zach Voorhees, who's this guy? Yeah, so give back. Zach Voorhees is the Google whistleblower. So he went public about a year and a half ago. I remember him. Uh, with, uh, he worked as a software engineer for Google for eight and a half years. And he uncovered their algorithms that are basically just trying to shape kind of that collective mind in a way, shape humanity. It was ML fairness. Is that what he uncovered? Yeah, fairness. Yep, yeah. exactly. Uh, or algorithmic, uh, algorithmic fairness. Algorithmic fairness. Yeah. And it was basically this... 
essentially a way to influence as well the 2020 election. And I'm also working with uh, Dr. Robert Epstein. Oh, yeah. That's and, right. Uh, he, oh, he, uh, he's actually my 501c3 sponsor for my foundation. Um, and so he uncovered you know, the fact that Google was influencing search results in the 2016 election towards Hillary Clinton. And this guy's a classic liberal, someone who's not— He's got photos of—so yeah. so Dr. Robert Epstein— He's got pictures of him with like the Clintons and he's like giving a thumbs up. He's all happy and excited. And then he was like, Google is swinging the election in favor of the Clintons. And this is scary. Not excited. Or in favor of Hillary. Yeah. Cool. And he has signed the science to back it up. I mean, behavioral research. So I want to have him on. So, yeah. so are we, is, is this our last election? If Trump loses, I, I, and I'm not saying this to, to, to praise Trump. I'm saying if the Democrats win and the machine is favoring them to win, are we just under the boot of the machine if we can't stop it now? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, uh, I hate to be a pessimist. But... All right, I'm going fishing, guys. Hey, Ian, take <laughs> over the show. I'll see. I'm just kidding. Oh, man. Come let's on, talk man. about space. Right? <laughs> no, no, no. Orbit no. In orbit. Let's, let's, let's read sci fi. Let's just play PUBG. And yeah, so, I'm so, doing No, no, no. But, uh, <laughs> Come on, man. How, how pessimistic are you? Do you think this is the end? I think there's some hope. I think there's a glimmer of hope. Um, there's actually a lawsuit coming up. I talked to this guy named Jason Fick, F Y K, hmm. and he has a lawsuit against Facebook. Facebook essentially stole his page, deleted his page. And tried to sell it to someone else. Whoa, what? Yeah. What? And he had like, I don't know, 40 million followers or something like that. Huge heck? account. Wow. And so his lawsuit might go to the Supreme Court. It might be appealed to the Supreme Court. And Clarence Thomas <clears throat> Clarence Thomas just issued a, an opinion last week on malware bytes versus something else. Um, it, but he basically issued a really important opinion that's talking about Section 230. So there's a glimmer of hope. Uh, and it has to do with how this Ninth Circuit has interpreted Section 230 incorrectly. So Interesting. So when, when with Jason's lawsuit, basically he um, he tried to sue them, and then Facebook's like, oh, well, we're not the publisher, right. but the publisher is different than a publisher. So right. they're like, we're not, we're not the publisher, and as in we weren't the ones who originally wrote the content, but they were acting as a developer because they were promoting or deboosting certain content. Right. And so that's the argument that of, that Jason Fick has is uh, basically to fix Section 230, we need to have it either reinterpreted by the – basically we need to have it interpreted correctly by the Supreme Court because it's interpreted, been interpreted incorrectly by the Ninth Circuit Court of California, which has given additional protections and immunity under Section 230C1. Yeah. Not C2 because we always talk about C2. So, so well, yeah. well, hold on. So what, uh, can you explain Section 230 just uh, easily for people who don't know what it is? Yeah. So 1996, um, the Congress created a law that was supposed to protect children on the Internet mm -hmm. from bad content so that if someone has a um, – yeah, if someone hosts a, 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 like a platform or a message board, that message board would not be responsible for every single comment. But it gave immunity to these – Platform. I hate to use the word platform, but these... it's like it's like digital information site or something. I think it's like the language. Yeah, like there's there's service providers, there's uh, information content providers, which is you and me, and then there's another category. But yeah, uh, for the sake of simplicity, yes, yeah, yeah, so it gave platforms immunity. But yeah, so the way it was designed, the way it was interpreted is fine, but the way it's been reinterpreted by the Ninth Circuit gives additional immunity to these platforms. Basically. Uh, how it started was there was like a news website, I guess, and someone commented on it saying, I think it was the dude from Wolf of Wall Street, actually, who got who got who was like the subject of the suit. Someone someone went on a website, commented, this dude is like a scammer or something like that. 
So he sued the website saying, you published this comment. The website said, no, we didn't. It was a comment from somebody else. So this led to the creation of this law that said, okay, you know, news, newswebsite.com can't be responsible for a comment. Yeah. So we're going to pass this law that says, you are not responsible for this content so long as, you know, you are not the publisher or editor of the content. Then the website said, well, well, well wait, 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 wait. But we might want to remove content. Mm-hmm. I mean, do we lose this protection if someone posts a picture of like a dead cat or something? Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, that's a good point. Okay, so you're not responsible for what users post, and you can remove things if they're objectionable. And they said, excellent. This was like God-tier immunity. The, the lawmakers didn't realize what they had just done. Now, literally, everything's objectionable. What does it even mean? Nobody yeah. even knows. So it's a good faith effort to moderate, you know, if it's lewd, lascivious, or objectionable. So now you get Twitter being like, this guy tweeted, learn to code. Well, that's objectionable. Nuked. And they're protected. They have, they, they have immunity. No other company has this. Yeah. They, so th- it gets even crazier when, when we talk about Facebook, because Facebook has fact checkers now that are a special class of people that they choose, not individuals who just sign up and do things. No, it's their choice, their criteria. And they can say, you're a liar. Mm-hmm. They can take something you said and put a big thing over it that says fake news, which is a statement of fact, false information. This person is wrong. That is coming from Facebook and no one else. So this is what's crazy to me. If you want to make an argument that, you know, Facebook, Twitter, whoever shouldn't be sued because a commenter said something, I'm listening. If you tell me that Facebook can appoint people to insult and make statements about other people or defame by calling them liars, well, Facebook's responsible for that. Facebook's the one who's authorized that posting. It it is not the same as a a, a random user signing up and using it. They've said, okay, these seven people are allowed to say whatever they want. It's like, okay, well, Facebook, when you put a card over my post— you have editorialized and you have personally published a statement. So so we we need 230 reform. I know Trump has said repeal 230, which would be a huge mistake. Yeah. Uh, these, these platforms wouldn't exist without it. They do need immunity so long as they're acting in good faith and they're not just removing legal speech. So yeah. so you, you mentioned before you have some ideas on 230. Yeah, exactly. I, that's a good interpretation of it. So um, – yeah, the way that it's been interpreted, that Section 230 has been interpreted by the Ninth Circuit Court of California gives uh, Facebook protection, additional protections under C1. So that whole motive part where being of being a good Samaritan doesn't even apply. So in Jason Fick's case, when Facebook fought back and with their, their appeal or whatever, their, their response, they didn't even have to argue on the basis of Section um, C2. They just argued on, on the merits of C1 which the Ninth Circuit had interpreted, that favor, which favors them. And so, no, I, I agree with you on that. I, I think that repealing it completely would be a disaster. Bad. Now, I've heard that Edget Pie actually has authority to to reinterpret yes. or reform Section 2. And he should have done it a great. long time ago. So yeah. forgive me if I have no faith in him or any one of these Republicans to get it done. Yeah. Can, can you define Section 1 and Section 2 of 230? C1 and C2, C1 right? and C2? Yeah. So I don't have the I have the the what uh, Jason Fick wrote about it. Um, oh wait wait we actually have it. Do you have, it, do you have it section one? Yeah, and two? I got it right in front of us. So section C two is the one that we're all familiar with. It talks about so, um, so right. Yeah. So uh, C one says treatment of publisher or speaker. No provider or user of an interactive computer service shall be treated as the publisher or speaker of any information provided by another information content provider, which is like the individual. Two is civil liability. 
No provider or user of an interactive computer service shall be held liable on account of a any action voluntarily taken in good faith to restrict access to or availability of material the provider or user considers to be obscene, lewd, lascivious, filthy, excessively violent, harassing, or otherwise objectionable, whether or not such material is constitutionally protected, or b any action taken to enable or make available to information content providers or others the technical means to restrict access to material described in paragraph one. So basically, the first uh, C1 is you can't I'm not liable for what another person said. C2 is we're allowed to remove whatever we want as long as we're doing it in good faith, which basically at this point means literally whatever. they And want. you could argue mm-hmm. that if they're putting like a notice out that says Tim Pool posted fake news that they're become a publisher under Section 1 C1. Uh, so what I'm saying is, uh, well, let me let me tell you the story. Somebody I, I posted something about Bill Clinton and Epstein Island. Everything I said was factually correct. Mm-hmm. I said Bill Clinton was seen in these flight logs. He was uh, uh, he was seen on the plane. He was ID'd by a witness on the island. And this is not major breaking news. Something like that. I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing right now because I don't have the tweet in front of me. But somebody screenshotted it because it went viral, posted it to Facebook and Facebook put a card over it saying fa- f- false information or something. Yeah, that was Facebook doing that. Facebook put a flag saying false information on my post. They made a statement about me that I had lied to the public. So then Facebook they become, refused to take it down. They become a publisher at that point under yeah. C1. They are the speaker. Yeah, it sounds, seems like that. I think that's a good argument. Yeah. Yep. And if you look at the definition of development, which is actually in the law, um, it says, you know, choosing to promote, prioritize. Well, this is not the law, but basically choosing to promote, prioritize, advance, boost, or increase the availability or usability of information is by definition development. Hmm. Go look up development in Webster's. So I'm reading from Jason Fick's analysis. But yeah, I mean, the service provider, yeah, they're they're sponsoring ads. So the entire nature of their business violates Section 230. Yeah. Because what do they do all day? They boost ads. They place other people's content in front of other people's content. Um, Oh, wow. So that negates it. Yeah, that that negates the community. That makes sense because... One of the arguments that we've all been saying about Twitter and Facebook for a long time is if they choose the winners and losers, they may as well be the New York Times. The only difference, the New York Times is I hire you, write for me, and then they choose which to go up on the site. Whereas Twitter is everybody write for free, and then we'll choose which ones go up on the site. Yeah, and even Clarence Thomas and his opinion, uh, and that was Malwarebytes versus Enigma, Enigma Software, and that was this past Tuesday, October 13th. Wow, so recently. Yeah, very recent. Wow. And... uh so he, he said the Ninth Circuit Court incorrectly held that subsection 230C1 does not render subsection 230C2A redundant as subsection 230C2 provides an additional shield from liability. So there was some redundancy. So that's why it needs to be reinterpreted either by Agitpi. But I agree with you or, or the Supreme Court. But I agree with you because, you know, we had that antitrust hearing a couple months ago where we had the tech CEOs t- testify. I guess there's another subpoena. But, you know, Jim Sensenbrenner, this congressman from Wisconsin, he's been in like 21 terms, and he's out there saying, well, we shouldn't punish successful companies. Because like, he's a Republican, right? He's a Republican. Go figure. But the rhinos yeah. and the dinos have been sitting in there milking the, milking the system, suckling the tea to big business. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's why I don't vote. And that's why I'm voting now, because I think something's happening. You've got on the left and the right populists. And I think the left hates the right. The right hates, well, I shouldn't say hate, but they, they think both sides think each other is crazy. Yeah, but I'll tell you what I would rather. I I I want to see these these people who sat in office for decades mm-hmm. doing nothing, saying the bare minimum, taking cash from big corporations, and then just being oh, whatever. I'm not going to do anything for yeah. you. 
Who cares if the people are suffering? He got a job, huh? Congratulations, buddy. I hope it was worth it. But yeah, just to summarize Section 230, I mean, imagine like your public library and you go to the public library and, you know, the, the library itself is not responsible for what's in the content of those books, right? But whereas if you go to Barnes & Noble, you know, like they're promoting certain books, there's certain books that are on special. So that's kind of the difference. And, and so Facebook's kind of morphed from a public library into this uh, Barnes & Noble, so to speak. Yeah. We have uh, it mines if it's not legal in the United States, then it's taken down and it's actually state by state and yeah. it's a Connecticut thing because that's where the corporation's based. So if it's not legal in Connecticut, mm-hmm. it's taken off the site. But if it's legal, it stays on the site. It just goes into different buckets depending on if it's objectionable. And then mm-hmm. you have to opt in to see objectionable content. By default, everyone kind of has the, the rated G filter on. And that's, yeah. that's interesting because Jack Dorsey's talked about that. Like uh some kind of system where Instead of getting banned, I think it was Jack. Maybe I'm maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. But there was one, one of the, I think it was Jack Dorsey. If that if 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 so, instead of getting banned, you get put in basically like the underbelly, and people can choose to go into the dark crevice of horror Twitter <laughs> mm-hmm. and see all of the nasty pictures and Ew. photos and people. Ew. And it's still like yeah. up to discretion what's nasty. And that's a little weird because you yeah. put it in the terms and like objectionable is a horrible word to use because like how do you define that? It's up to the the admin basically. Yeah. But how – I don't know. We kind of have our peers can judge now. We've got like a 12-person jury system where if they judge that it's objectionable, then it goes the objectionable thing and you can appeal that objectionable – You know, That's a great rating. idea. Yeah. Like so actually this really actually relates to something I was researching. Um, so back in the six – well – it started in the 20s, but in, in England, there was this thing called the British Board of Film Censors. So it was basically that, like, hey, there's this consensus opinion, what's culturally appropriate? Obviously, things that we see on TV would be, you know, obscene to someone from 100 years ago, like living in the 1920s. So what's acceptable publicly publicly to be viewed? And so this British Board of, Board of Film Censors, there's this documentary called Video Nasties. You can search it on YouTube. And it talks about how the British Board of Film Censorship basically, you know, could make it their own rules. So this famous quote from John Trev- Trevelyan, he said, we have no rules, which I think is important. I think it's the only way to do it. You see, if you have your rules, you either got to stick to them or you have to interpret them. And I think either is foolish. So he's basically admitting like, hey, we, wow. we're we in charge of the film censorship. We determine whether the movies get approved or not get approved, whether they don't get approved. And we have no rules. And it really made me think of Facebook because, sure, they have the rules, but they don't follow them half the time. They make exceptions whenever they want to protect someone uh, that they want to protect. All right. So let me ask you this question. Oh, you, well. men- you mentioned that you submitted for some promotions. Yeah. But you didn't get them. <clears throat> no, I didn't get them. What would you say to somebody who said that your leaking of this information was just because you were angry they didn't promote you? That's a valid point. I mean, you you want to – if you have any whistleblower who comes forward, you want to examine their motives, right? And so – um, yeah, I mean, that's a valid point. Something that I, I also mentioned in the video that came out is, um, okay, well, first you got to realize, okay, my, if I got a promotion, how much more money would I be making? I don't know how much. Like a dollar 25. Oh, okay. So <laughs> I, was, I was making 15 bucks an hour. I was making like 28 grand a year. Yeah. Oh, man. And so if I got a promotion, I'd be making 16 an hour. Ooh. Uh, Facebook promised us that we'd get like, uh, an increase, but our project ended before that. So they're going to increase like 18 an hour base. But I was, everyone was making the same. I was making, I even knew Spanish. So I was on the Spanish side. I was, I was making 15 an hour. But, um, but yes, yeah, so I wouldn't, it would have helped with my resume, I guess. Uh, maybe better my career title. advancement. Yeah, better yeah. title. 
So, so yeah. just to clarify, you're saying yeah. it was not a factor. Not no, a it wasn't a factor. So uh, I only ask that because the next question is, at what point were you like, I've got to do something yeah. and I've got to just release all this stuff? So may have, it's funny because uh, there was actually another, someone else, another insider who blew the whistle on like wrongdoings at Cognizant who felt that they weren't helping us enough with our mental health. And so I remember that story. Yeah, yeah. the Verge story. So February 2019, this journalist, uh, Casey Newton, he actually came to, to the site in Phoenix and he, I saw him there and he, he walked around and he wrote an article about it. And so in a way, I mean, that might have been a little bit of inspiration for me because I had some information that was kind of bothering me that I'd, I'd seen some examples of bias. So that, that May, three months later, in May of 2019, I wrote a letter to Congress or to a few congressmen with about 19 examples of bias, and I didn't hear back. And that's when I started reaching out to a couple of journalists. And, was I, the, and who, can, you, can you name them? Um, so, I mean, I'll just say that I ended up with Project Veritas. Someone referred me to I'm Project not, Veritas. I'm not surprised. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned... Uh, uh, I was going to say, when you mentioned Casey Newton, I was like, oh, did he go in and cheer for the censorship? He's at The Verge. <laughs> I know, I know. And the funny thing is, like, since you'd think he'd be interested in another, hey, I, I had an insider at this location. Another guy from the same exact location came forward with video evidence. You'd think he'd be interested in it. But I searched his what, their website. There's zero mention of me or Project Veritas. I don't think they're fans of Project Veritas. Hmm. So um, you don't, yeah. you don't, you don't want to mention which other organizations reached out to. Um, you don't have to. I don't want to pressure you to do it. You know? No, I, I, not not at this time. But yeah. um, it, it did bother me because I that I think I saw something. What did I see that May May of 2019? There were a lot of things that bothered me. But you know, one of the things that bothered me the most, I think, that came out that I saw in 2018 was they made an exception to allow calling straight white males filth. filth. So they oh, said, hey, every summer mm-hmm. there's this Pride Month. Um, and we're going to make an exception to allow attacks on straight white males for not supporting LGBT. So straight oh, white, right. if you say straight white males are filth for not supporting LGBT, that's oh, allowed. Dude. So wow. they're carving out an exception. Um, and then what they changed the policy to allow the phrase white trash, which is almost synonymous with trailer trash. So I kind of understand, but at the same Still. time, do you, do you remember yeah, when those racist, do you, do you remember when those feminists also are getting banned for saying hashtag kill all men? Were you, were you there at the time when that happened? No, I don't How's recall it? that. I know we made an exception in South Africa when there was domestic violence against women where they allowed the phrase men are trash. Wow. That's just a bad idea. It's yeah. so stupid. It sounds like morons run these companies. Uh-huh. I, I, forgive me if you're friends with some of these people still, but that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Hey, there's a bunch of tension and animosity between people based on identity. Can we inflame that? Yes. Yeah, that so okay. let's, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, did you tell James O'Keefe that he was, uh, that you're, that he's, your bronze medal? Wait, did I say it right? He was your not your first choice or whatever. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, yeah. So what? what so there was a time. So when I for first reached out around June of 2019, I first contacted Project Veritas, and then we talked a little bit. And I think I filmed the first time around June of 2019, um, and then I didn't respond for a little while. I, I was I don't know. I didn't check my email or whatever. And then later that fall, we we started talking again. So I didn't film. And then we found out that the, the project was ending. Cognizant chose to end the, the project with Cognizant. And so I started filming more regularly. Interesting. Um, but yeah, so that the February 2019, the, the Verge article came out. And I didn't agree with some of it because I felt like they had, like Cognizant did a really good job of helping us with our mental health. We, we had counselors on site 24-7. We had a, psycho- like a psychiatrist who was in charge of everything. And so we had a number to call. 
they gave us wellness time, like 10, like 10 minutes a day. So were you right leaning before taking this job? I was, I heard, I heard another story that people are getting red pilled by moderating this content because they see so many right wing memes that they start to be like, Hey, wait a minute. You know, is that something you've ever, you experienced? Like not you personally, but like, did you see anybody who was like, Hey, I saw this thing. I don't know if I didn't, I don't know even anyone personally. I know, I know the, the, some people were like more open to conspiracy theories or like, you know, the earth flat earth theories, things like that. So it did expose (laughs) you to different viewpoints and you did get a darker sense of humor. You got kind of like a gallows humor from working there. Would you, did you have like really nasty inside jokes? Like the 12th time you saw an incest video and like everyone's like, Oh, one of those, huh? And like you guys are laughing about the horror of it all. You know, similar types of, of humor. Um, I, I I say this because people use humor to release the tension, right? Yeah. So I'm wondering if like you're watching like videos of murder and like all this crazy stuff and then someone's just cracking really dark jokes about it to try and bring some like levity to the situation, you know? Yeah. I think that can be effective in a way. I mean, therapy i mean a way of dealing with it um one strategy that was kind of cool that i taught that one of the counselors taught me is if you're seeing something really violent you don't really want to empathize you want to you want to visualize yourself in a movie theater and then there's another another you standing at the back of the theater so you're watching yourself in the movie movie seat watching the film and the film is what you're seeing in the video so it kind of distances and detaches yourself from from the actual content it's weird but um so weird yeah, I had, I had coworkers who, man, they they had they saw child porn and that it really That's, bothered them. Wow, dude. That's really bad. But it wasn't it was a small percentage. So some of it was burn, like really funny. Everything down. Yeah. Like if yeah. I couldn't I couldn't imagine someone doing that job. You see that stuff and then like you just want to track these people down. Like you you see their profiles, right? Yeah. Like do you, you you can see their personal information? So not not too much personal information. Sometimes it's their profile photo and their name, but and I'm it could sure, be fake. I'm sure it's crossed through people's minds. To I like mean, hunt these people down. Oh yeah, like wow, dude. And then uh, that'd be a cool superhero film. I guess be too, too, be too gritty. Like a dude is a content moderator for Facebook. Knows, dude, and that every, would be a good. Film. Every time he sees a video, he just likes like like kind of like Dexter. Like, Lee, like Liam Neeson. Yes. I, will fi- I will find you. <laughs> I will find you. He said, yes. like, the guy gets a Facebook message and he's like, I'm a Facebook content moderator. I will find you. I will destroy you. <laughs> it would be like Dexter. You know, like this dude just like has their Facebook information. I, yeah, I, I couldn't imagine working crazy. a job like that, man. I don't know how you did it for almost two years. Yeah, we, we, it was tough. Uh, there were times, but, you know, luckily I wasn't able to, I didn't bring it home very often. Um, and I think there's, you know, there's a lot of people who struggle with it more than others. Um, but it was just, it was a unique job. In a way, though, if you could get past that, it was a cushy type of job. I mean, it was. If you could get past it. I mean, yeah, if you could get past <laughs> it. But we'd have just the weirdest conversations like, you know, hey, is this, because we, we had definitions for like, you know, if I can say this, like for erections, like is this an ere- is it is the shape? Yeah. You know, it, you got really nuanced in the <laughs> wow. details. So you have you'd have conversations with your coworkers, like, oh man, hey, what do you think of this? And, oh jeez, yeah. I'm imagining like a dude walking up to like the there's like a guy's like you know putting cream in his coffee, and it's like, yeah, so I got a video today, and it was like this guy's got a screwdriver, right? He's holding this other guy down while strangling him, and he lifts his arm up. And then it cuts out. I'm wondering, is that too much? Oh we, we, was it, you know, send like, me the link. Yes, yeah, so, oh send me the link. Gosh. I'll check it out. And I'll let you know what I think. And then it's like, hmm, I can't figure. Hey, Janet, come over here and take a look at this guy. He's, he's choking some guy. He's about to, like, literal. That's not, that's crazy. Yeah, was but, that was that what it was like? It was. That's exactly what it was. I mean, like, <laughs> oh man, I I can't help feeling that there are some parallels here between what you did and what we used to go through in the hospital because we would talk about these horrible, horrifying things, and you have to yeah. make a joke about them. 
You just have to. Yeah. Well, you, you can't. Yeah, you just can't go with it. Yeah, you have to deal with it somehow. Right. And it's but you humor. should know. Maybe this is why I was why this this is why I wasn't affected as much. Like I actually had had a stint at a funeral home. Yeah. So you know we we used to have a lot of people under us. Under yeah. you? That yeah. sounds bad. At a oh wait. Yeah, see, that's the gallows humor. Like, like, <laughs> what the heck? I used to, I used to work for a bunch <laughs> of stiffs. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. Ah, I get um, it. Took us a while, huh? Yeah. We we're like, yeah. we don't, we don't. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what? the inside what humor. Probably wasn't the best joke. <laughs> that's all um, I got it. That's funny. If you work at a at, at a funeral home, you're probably start laughing. Yeah, I kind I kind of got it, but I was like, "Wait, is that it? Is that is that, is that, is that wait, it? wait, yeah. what am I missing?" Here? <laughs> Did you guys ever watch BangedUp.com back mm-hmm. in the day? No, like was a it? couple decades. Oh, it was just gruesome people getting killed videos, the oh, faces was, of death. Yeah, it was stuff like that. That's like the video the series. Two thousand one, two, three years. Yeah. I used to watch that. That kind of prepped me for the Dude, job. Dude, I I remember yeah. my friends would share like the the faces of death yeah. VHS. Gross. You, you guys yeah. know that it, yeah. it was it was literally just videos of people dying. And I was just like, why would you put that on? Why would you watch I was like, that? we got, we got, I've got uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High on VHS. Let's put that in. My yeah. theory like, was. That, that one's got boobs in it. If I don't want to watch a guy die. You know what <laughs> like, I, mean? I would, I would try and watch military head cams, like a soldier getting shot and like bleeding out as he's like screaming. Because I, my theory was, if it happened, I should expose myself to it. And it kind of works, but it can also drive you insane. I, I actually, yeah. I actually agree. I, re- I remember there would, there would be these, like, these viral videos periodically that were extremely gruesome. And people would be like, "Don't watch it, don't watch it." And I'll be like, "I kind of feel like you shouldn't hide from what's what, what's out there." Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying to go around and watch every single video, and you know, like you watch one, and you say, "I get it," but don't hide. But yeah, don't mm-hmm. hide from yeah. it because I've seen stuff in real life. You know, I've seen people get shot and killed. I've yeah. seen some pretty brutal stuff, and that's why you know it was funny when you were bringing up the counseling and all that stuff. I'm like, if I watched a video of someone you know getting seriously hurt or like some violence or gore, yeah, I could easily handle it. But then you went to like the child stuff and I was like, oh, that's when I would that's probably just much. like my head would explode and I'd start smashing things. Yeah. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like you're taking off work and you're like loading a you know 12 gauge or whatever. And they're like, where are you going today? I just got some work. I got some stuff to do after. Got, let, me, let me take the guy's profile real quick. I'll, be, I, I'll be back tomorrow. Yeah. Maybe not. I might be in prison. Be my wood I've seen stuff like, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I was watching, when I was watching what was happening with Project Planet Pizza. I don't know if you remember uh, the Pizzagate story. There was somebody who went there with a gun. And I was like, I was honestly just surprised it wasn't a girl. Mm Because if you really believe that kids are being abused, you're going to you're going to make stuff. That's what's scary, though, because that was so dumb. Yeah. Like, like, that's not right. This building doesn't even have a basement. But you see these. So I'll I'll tell you what, in that regard, I do kind of understand why they want to moderate some content. Yeah. I mean, you were mentioning like graphic scenes. You know, we would see like car accidents, people dying suicide videos time also uh i was gonna say tambien which is, means also in yeah. spanish yeah. sometimes i switch the two oh, good. um but I'm, i mean like <laughs> but but graphic so i was gonna say so remember that that trumpsman viral meme like from the kingsman movie there was yes. this trumpsman meme <laughs> oh when and Trump we was, actually ca- yes. yeah we categorized that oh, so it funny. showed so it showed a scene from this fictional movie kingsman where there's a lot of violence and it was like killing the media right yeah killing the media and so it had <laughs> it the, the real photos awesome. photoshopped in but like in the graphic violence pause, so we, we actually put an interstitial on that. They told us to mark as disturbing, M-A-D, ah. mad. Yeah. And so like, and I, I could see an argument for just leaving it up because it's, it's fictional. It's yeah. a fictional scene. And wasn't Trump, like, it's it's like, so Kingsman's an awesome movie. And it's like, this is really graphic scene where he's killing, it's in a church. It's, yeah. uh, it was actually, I think Colin Firth is the actor. And it was in the movie, uh, this is what's really, really funny. I mean, kind of disturbing. In the movie Kingsman, definitely watch it. I love this movie. Colin Firth goes to this like really extremist church and the villain 
tr- triggers this kind of sound thing that makes everyone go nuts yeah. and become extremely aggressive. Well, Colin Firth's character is a secret agent of measurable skill, and he kills every single person. And it's gruesome. Yes. Now, here's what's funny. My understanding, that's okay. Putting up a video on Facebook, a scene from a movie where a British guy in a suit, a gentleman, brutally murders a bunch of Southern churchgoers, totally fine, but superimpose logos from media companies on it and put Trump's face on the British guy and whoa, whoa, whoa. And the same thing happens in Brazil, too. Like President Bolsonaro, who when he was running for president in Brazil, he actually got stabbed. I remember yeah, that. It was like it was like a long knife, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, I don't know the exact length of it. Yeah, yeah, huge knife. It was it was a life threatening wound. Like yeah. it was it was a big deal. That was crazy. And so he, yeah, so he got stabbed. And so then there was memes showing, uh, like a a cartoon meme showing Bolsonaro with a a, a knife coming out, kind of like a boomerang, and coming back, landing back on him. So it was mocking or like you know mocking Making the events of, of this of him almost dying, and Facebook allows that. Jeez. And so. I mean, Brazil is, is another animal as well. I mean, Brazil, there's a lot of tech censorship that goes on there. I was there like last month. I met with a congresswoman in, in Brazil and their, their Supreme Court is just targeting conservatives. Like I met a couple of people whose homes were raided by the Supreme Court because they were supporting right wing news organizations. Wow. And so these people, they want to use, they want, actually want the U.S., the U.S. U.S.'s help to uh, use the Magnitsky Act. Magnitsky, Magnitsky. Yeah. act against um, the Brazilian Supreme Court. So, I mean, yeah, it's it's happening there. And they're looking at this election coming up and wondering what's going to happen. Because a lot of countries in the world are looking at the U.S. Hey, if if Trump doesn't win, things are going to get a lot worse for us. In Brazil? Yeah, in Brazil and everywhere else. Because we're, we're such a big strategic ally. And they look to us for, for leadership as far as, you know, our f- basic freedoms and whatnot. I think it's and funny. So, I think it's funny that the people who oppose Trump call themselves the resistance. <laughs> and they're literally on the side of every major multinational corporation and big tech conglomerate Never. authoritarian structure. But Donald Trump, this one guy, yeah. tell you what, they resist him. him. Yeah. If, he's, if he's a dictator, he's pretty bad at it. Because you think by, by, the, by this really time, after four years, he would have taken control of, right? you know, Facebook and Twitter. Media. But if you, well, yeah. these, it's it's funny that you know I spent my life growing up hearing from the left that the corporations are the problem, and the government will save us. And then I hear from the right, no, the government is bad and corporations are fine. And I'm being very general with this. Yeah. Now you got the left that they're basically like corporations and government are great, which sounds very <laughs> much like fascism. Huh? You know, yeah. they've got they've got roving bands of of like this. This is crazy in San Francisco. There was a dude. There, there are people putting on a a a protest of big tech censorship. One of the dudes was a black dude and Antifa punched him in the face, knocking his teeth out. And my mm-hmm. question is, just like, wait, so, so you got a black dude who's protesting against multinational billionaires who are stifling his speech. So you punch him in the face. Sounds like you're the fascist, man. Like you're yeah. you're punching someone on, be- on, the, at the, uh, on behalf of a major corporation, billionaires. Yeah. Like you're the you're the brown shoot brown shirt, man. It's yeah, it's it's pretty insane. Um yeah, the, the whole corporate mentality. I mean, so you, now you have these huge corporations like bending to uh, the the Black Lives Matter movement, and none of these groups are hate orgs. So the, the dangerous individuals and organizations policy deals with these organizations, like any criminal organization. So we have a list of cartels that we would delete on a regular basis, terrorist organizations, obviously. Uh, but they added something there, and it said 
not allowed. Uh, we delete people notable for attacking people based on protected characteristics. So based on their race, ethnicity, gender. But it's such a broad definition. Okay, who are these people that are notable? Where's the list? Because we had the list of hate figures. So we like they had the list where we, we how had... Do you, how do you know they're hate figures? Because it, it's on the list that Facebook gives us. Oh, okay. So Facebook created the list? Yeah, Facebook defined them as... Interesting. Yeah, defined them as hate figures. Um, so, so, oh, so that was Paul Joseph Watson, like Milo, Alex Jones, right? So on the list that I had, I, I for sure saw Gavin McInnes and Tommy... Uh, so, so and so. Yeah, I don't know if we were about to say his name. But yeah, uh, Gavin McInnes, we're talking about them neutrally, so we're not... <clears throat> we're not Praising, Crazy supporting, that, or representing oh, we're them. They're going to ban us. Consider that you can't say someone's name is insane. Well, yeah. So with these, that's 1984, yeah. isn't it? So it bizarre. Is. Like you couldn't say people's it's, it's names backwards. We should stop that. No, I mean, like, wasn't that literally in the book where it was like a person's name wasn't allowed to be said or something? What book so. was that? Come on, guys. The Brave New World. Get maybe. It together. Anyway, so yeah. P- PSR, praise, support, or represent. You cannot do any praise, support, or represent of these individuals. And so Gavin McInnes and Tommy Tommy are literally on the same list as. Adolf Hitler. I'm not shitting you. Wow. And so, um, yeah, so this is the hate figure list. So, I mean, this is how they count. And the, the source they use, that I have evidence, the source they use is the ADL and the uh, Southern, Southern Poverty, Poverty Law. That, that, that's what I was asking. So, yeah. right, cause, so uh, the SPLC went through its own major scandal where apparently they were being run by racists. Mm-hmm. And like they, 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 there was an investigation that found decades of racism and that the organization itself was essentially just a bunch of racists making money off pretending to be not racist yeah. and then storing a bunch of that money overseas or something. Yeah. The ADL has its issues, but I got to be honest when you like when, when, when you read articles from the Anti-Def- anti-defamation league, like we had Enrique mm-hmm. Tario of the proud boys here. Uh, it was, it was, I would say extremely critical, like uh, uh, had an extremely negative view, but it was a decent assessment, I, mm-hmm. I should say. Like, they said they're clearly not white supremacists, though they have had members who overlap. And I'm like, that's true. Yeah. Like, e- he, even they've talked to us about, like, oh, yeah, we had to kick these people out for these reasons. Yeah. And so I think the ADL is – the problem with the ADL is that their, 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 their view of everything is extremely negative, And they view all these groups like – they take a I – don't, I don't know how else to describe it other than – they are very, very opinionated to an extreme degree. You know, you do one wrong thing and they're like, ah, that person's evil, but mm-hmm. they'll mention what you did and why they're mad about it. They just yeah. get mad really easily. Southern Poverty Law Center, as far as I'm concerned, just makes it all up. Like they had one article uh, that included me where they claimed that I went to an uh, Iranian Holocaust deniers conference yeah. and their evidence for it was an archived version of a, of a website that didn't exist anymore that was a Holocaust deniers website saying that i was an attendee i've never been to did you sue them for that so there was a suit um they they settled immediately and issued apology and they 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 said i was a leftist how about that they were like they basically said we apologize to people who are on the left tim pool you know so and so so and so or whatever speaking of iran so i actually have a a evidence uh a screenshot uh, at work of a post giving guidance about iran iran so facebook allowed the phrase death to Khamenei" for about three months roughly when there was mass protests in Iran. So, I mean, whether, depending on which side you're on, it doesn't really matter, but it just shows you the amount of power that they have. So on the entire Facebook platform, Facebook can just switch a lever and say, we're going to allow the phrase death came in. Wow. Well, so let's, normally it's not allowed. Well, let's have a hard question. I mean, a hard conversation. If, if Facebook just allows everything, won't it go nuts? Like, 
isn't it possible we'll see crazy extremism and, and crazy groups of people just screaming violence or whatever? I mean, actually look at Antifa and look at, look at Black Lives Matter violence, 140 plus days of rioting. Yeah. And then isn't it because they won't check them? They won't say stop advocating for violence? Yeah, I think I think there's a potential. I mean, if if there's some changes with Facebook and more things are, I mean, in, if in general more things are allowed, and it's funny because the left always claims that the Facebook's not doing enough to censor hate speech when right, when right. there's a bunch of people on the list that are right wing, but there's nobody on the left, uh, even segregationists on the left, they're they're never on the list. But um, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of crazy stuff on the internet. I mean, I think we're barely even beginning to grasp like how influential the internet is, how powerful it's become. In the last 20 years, we've seen this technology revolution. So I don't think even the leading technologists or even the people who created the internet understand what it's become. Um, so I mean, that goes into the larger debate of what's allowed on the internet. I mean, it, yeah, there's going to be crazy, there's going to be a lot of crazy stuff on the left and the right, both, both parts. Do you think there is some kind of collusion between democratic politicians and Facebook? hundred percent. You do think so? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, so here, let me say this. Indirectly, at the very least, at the most, direct collusion. So, I mean, did you ever witness uh, a Democratic politician coming in and talking with anybody or any or, or any kind of uh, evidence that they were? I, I do not have direct evidence. Um, what I can say is there's a group of about six people. So I talked to one of my, my team manager, um, Alexis, and her, she had conversations interactions with the global policy team at facebook there's about six people who determine the policy and she and she was telling me like yeah like they're all kind of they all kind of have the same mindset and they're all based in san francisco as far as direct like you know collusion with democrat politicians um i talked to a, a journalist with the new york post the other day one or two days ago and he was finding this connection between twitter executives who had this revolving door with the Obama administration. Well, so there was a, a Facebook employee who joined Joe Biden's team and yeah. a Twitter employee who did as well. And mm -hmm. I think the guy's name is Andy Stone. I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, Facebook communications previously worked for the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee. So yeah. we've seen that there is the revolving door between Facebook and Democrats and Twitter and Democrats. They're working for Joe Biden. Yeah. This, th this guy announced uh, that they were going to censor the New York Post story on Hunter Biden. Like that, that, that's crazy. I mean, this is yeah. a prominent American newspaper started by Alexander Hamilton in 1801. And he's, I believe it was 1801. And he's like, well, we're going to censor the story anyway. This guy worked for the Democrats. Mm -hmm. Apparently, I guess he worked for Barbara Boxer before. So, uh, w what makes you, uh, look, I get it. We, yeah. we, we have those stories. But, uh, uh, you know, based on your experience working with this company, what, uh, what made you think that there was potentially direct collusion? Uh, as far as direct collusion, I mean, like, look, I didn't work in the Facebook offices in Menlo Park. Um, so I interacted with some, you know, the people I interact with were mainly Cognizant employees, to be frank. Now, Sean Browder is the person who interacted with constantly with the client, with Facebook. And so what I can, you know, notice, what I've noticed from my conversations with him is, you know, first of all, he's very, he's very left-leaning, a Bernie Sanders supporter. Um they they are very interested in you know me bringing up trends about right wing extremism uh, like Boogaloo and, and like for example the Virginia gun rally in January was labeled as like hey watch out for hate speech or you know racist groups in, you know at this Virginia gun rally um, 
So, I mean, the evidence I have is not really, you know, it's not like I had conversations with Facebook um, employees who said, yes, the, the Democrat, a Democrat politician um, told us to, to change the policy. Um, so I think there's more of an indirect effect from, from all these leftist organizations. Um, so just more of like an extreme bias. Yeah, more of extreme bias. I mean, are there politicians that are probably buddy-buddy with people at Facebook? I'm sure there are. I mean, I mean, we had Joshua Fowerstein get uh, get banned like a month ago or whatever, and, and the only way he could, you know, get get his account back was by reaching out to Trump officials, like people he knew. So, so like, if that's happening on that side, let's just, you know, the same thing's probably happening on the opposite end. I mean, if people are probably, you know, getting giving favors or, or helping out Democrat politicians... Um, I did notice here's something huge that I do have evidence of is the, something called the, the shields that people, that they have, that Facebook has. So it's called the fire brigade. Hmm. Um, let me see if I have the notes on here, but basically, anyways, basically there's different shields. So I ran across some content. I tried to like action it and it was like, you cannot action this content. There is a, a shield on this content. So fire brigade stands for like PR fire. So there's different tags. So there's like high pry, uh, X check tag, uh, and business tag. So you cannot delete or touch certain content because it has this shield or tag associated with it. So it may, may very well be that there's accounts that you know should be protected, kind of like VIPs that you cannot delete. Interesting. I ran into the same thing when I worked at Uber because there was we would deal with uh, fraud and partner fraud, but we'd occasionally run into VIP accounts, like really big celebs that we didn't want to piss off. Or have their account canceled or something. So, so we we, yeah. we seeing everything we've seen over the past year. You know, someone like uh, myself, I, I read the news all day and I have my opinions on whether or not Trump's going to win. But with your experience with how big tech is manipulating the elections, essentially, do you think Trump is going to win? I think that uh, Trump has a good chance of winning. Um, I think Facebook's doing everything they can to like push people a certain way. Um. There was a there was a cartoon image of Trump shooting himself, and Facebook said we're going to allow that. There was a who was the guy who tried to assassinate Reagan? He you know, he got out of, got out of jail or out of the hospital. Hinkley, 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 yeah, something like that. Yeah, and so he came out of the hospital, and there was this meme implying that he should shoot Trump, and Facebook allowed that. Wow. And so yeah, I really think there's a chance that that you know, despite all that, there's a there's a good chance Trump will still win. Especially when you're going against someone like Joe Biden. I wonder if it's not despite all that. I wonder if it's because of it. I wonder if people are sick and tired of seeing the psychotic behavior of the left, the cancel culture stuff. Like you don't see videos of people, you know, threatening Joe Biden. You don't see these pictures or videos mocking him. I have to imagine there's regular people who might see like, remember when Kathy Griffin held up the head? Yeah. I wonder how many votes Trump got from that, from people who are just like, oh, that's disgusting. What's Mm -hmm. wrong with you? You know, and then all of a sudden kind of just like, I don't like these people. You know, I think it's backfired. Yeah, I think you're right. In a lot of regards, uh, I think it's backfired because there's so much hate against Trump that the normal individual who's not hateful is like, hey, why is there all why is there all this hate against Trump? And so, yeah, I, I think that's very possible. Uh, there's been pushback and it's kind of worked against them. And the fact that I revealed this damaged, you know, Facebook's reputation and brought to light certain things. So, excuse me. If Facebook had been playing by the rules from the get-go, then I wouldn't have been able to film their discrepancies, them breaking their own rules. Can't Facebook yeah. just be like, oh, no, this is this is cognizant. These, these oh, darn it, these evil contractors. We had no idea. 
Well, some of the posts, uh, they can't really argue that because, for example, when they, to- they told us to not treat abortion as a violent death, it said the Facebook team has is. given us, it said the FB team uh-huh. has given us guidance to not treat abortion as a violent death. That, that reminds me of my conversation with Jack Dorsey when I was explaining to them that their rules are inherently biased. And, you know, Vijaya Gade and, and Dorsey were immediately like, oh, no, that's not true. What are you talking about? And I said, yeah. you have a misgendering policy. Like, you straight up say if you misgender someone, if you went to a conservative and said, don't misgender someone, they would assume you're saying if someone is born male, then you call him he, him. And if born female, you know, she, her. Whereas yeah. Twitter's perspective is the inverse. If 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 somebody says their identity is, you know, then you got to use that. So, so, so to a conservative, mm-hmm. what Dorsey views as misgendering, it's 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 inverted. And if their rules, uh, rules are are built around a progressive understanding of these definitions, what they mean then yeah, they're inherently biased. Yeah. Yeah, because like, and you can't really tell that you're biased. If you're really that biased, you can't tell that you're biased. And there's that, that group think effect that we saw, you know, in 2008 when, when uh, the media just fawned over President Obama. But an example of that related to misgendering is we had, uh, so in the hate speech policy, if you're attacking someone like a, a race or an ethnicity and you have like a stick figure that represents them, then that can still violate. So if you have a little cartoon imagery of, of a Christian figure, like a little stick figure kicking a kicking a Muslim stick figure out of Europe, that violates the hate speech policy because they're representing the stick figures are representing that characteristic, the ethnicity yeah. or the race. And so with um with uh mental okay, so with gender, so there was a meme that showed the the that was calling certain genders a mental illness. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I think it was like non-binary or something like that. He was saying, and it said, this is a mental illness, but there was no stick figure. It was just the symbols. Right. So it's it's purely talking about the ideology. So Facebook backtracked because for a while they're like, okay, allow it. It does not violate our policy. But then they backtracked and they said, actually, we're going to delete this. We know it does not violate the policy, but we're going to delete this. So once again, more exceptions. Um, I have a, you know, a list of like 30 examples here, but... Um, Bro, it's human centipede. Yeah, it's human these, these, these these Bernie bros are getting news from progressive websites and these writers are getting their news from Facebook posts. Yeah. And then it's all being recycled over and over again. Mm-hmm. You know, Twitter is probably one of the worst things that ever happened to journalism because it created a feedback loop among journalists where they just follow mm-hmm. each other and share the same stories over and over again. And Facebook's algorithm essentially promoting intersectionality because it's got more keywords, more buzzwords, and it's shot yeah. content. So long as they allow it, it will continue to get worse. So here's what I, here's what I think happens. People on, these people on Facebook accidentally got sucked into this vortex. Yeah. Where content that was about police brutality and intersectionality was socially acceptable because racism bad. Mm-hmm. And it combined all these keywords. So it made money. And that was the perfect storm. These people were reading the stuff on Facebook, believed it all, mm-hmm. then got hired at companies to moderate and said, oh, but these things are true. I see them all the time. That's okay. And then the journalists see the same thing and write the stories and create this feedback loop where they're all spinning away in their little human centipede vortex off in the corner while regular people are confused. Though, what is going on? Yeah. Because regular people aren't in that world. That's right. the craziest thing to me is that like Joe Biden struggling, struggling to find that space between regular America and the Democrats is just, it's not there. Mm-hmm. And that's why he's trapped in this fracking thing. So I, I, you watch the debate, I assume. Yeah, yeah, I watch the debate. The reason Joe Biden lied and said we're going to ban fracking is because the activist left 
is in that vortex with these people at Facebook, with these journalists, and they believe insane things. And they're a tiny group of people, relatively. So Joe Biden, if he wants to be the Democratic nominee, you got to say the craziest thing imaginable. And that's why even Bernie was like going off the rails and their policies kept getting crazier. Yeah. Then once Biden won, now he's got to talk to regular America again. And so he's like, no, 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 I don't want to buy fracking. And they're like, here's a video of you saying it over and over again. So I, I can't imagine him winning. He chased. Yeah. So here's what I'm hoping. Here's my optimism. I think you've got the desperate Democrats chasing after Twitter, the Twitterati left, who are in this human centipede vortex. Mm -hmm. And it's going to backfire on them because regular people don't live there. Regular people don't know what Joe Biden's on or talking about when he says these things. And yeah. I think that's why they're so desperate you know, to run, I think they're, I think they're running against Trump, like anti-Trump. Joe yeah. Biden is not the candidate. The candidate is, do you like Trump or hate Trump? Yeah. And they're doing that because Joe Biden can't possibly please the Democrats. They are split up in, in a million different ways and they'll never get back the moderates. In fact, the party seems to be shrink, shrinking based on Gallup, uh, Gallup's latest polling. Yeah. That they've, they've, they're, the, the party affiliation for Democrats has gone way down. So we'll see how that plays out, I guess. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, uh, you know, Facebook's been involved in, in the elections. They, they've certainly taken a central role. And um, it's weird because I saw this this app I have where you get like a discount on your gasoline. It's called like GetUpside. And I saw this little notification that popped up and then it disappeared. It's like, hey, if you vote, we'll give you 10 cents off per gallon. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to take that to the attorney general in yeah, Arizona. Yeah. Same thing like with like Schlotsky's. If if you they Schlotsky's? can't offer you uh, a Schlotsky sandwich shop. Yeah, yeah, I'm familiar. Would they offer money something? A while back, like they were offering a, a free sandwich if you bring in your voted sticker, which wow. violates Arizona law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's my been my biggest complaint is like this but entire Schlotsky's time. Is so good. It's such a good sandwich. Yeah, they really there. should give you a free sandwich. They should change <laughs> the, the change, it to change election sandwich. law. Yeah, yeah. So that, yeah. So that's my thing is like you know if Schlotsky's getting can get in trouble for that. Look what Facebook's doing on a global scale. I was moderating content in Latin America, in Venezuela, in Mexico, the Mexican presidential election. I saw some, you know, content about Spain. Facebook has training decks for Poland, for Taiwan, for like every country imaginable. Like in Poland, they freaking uh, like Facebook shut down their like their Independence Day march every year because they called it like hate speech. So the amount of and they they're always purging these like nationalist groups in in Spain or in Europe. And so I just think that, you know, the the amount of power they have and influence they have is immense. And they're using all of it to try to influence this election in the name of, you know, protecting against hate speech. It's a feedback loop and it's going to implode at some point because the things they believe are getting more and more unhinged. And, and it, it, it literally doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like when you see the degree to which I'll, 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 I'll put it this way. Ocasio-Cortez gets 400,000 concurrent viewers on her, her Twitch stream. Yeah, I heard about that. She's, this is the yeah. future of politicians. Dude. This, 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 this woman, uh, with all due respect, I, I respect that she was a, she was a bartender and she, it's, it's part of the American dream, you know, that anybody can be, uh, a politician. It's, it's for, of, and by the people. So you don't gotta be the smartest person in the world. You don't gotta be rich. And that's pretty incredible. But man, does she not know anything about what she's hmm. doing? The bills yeah. that she's gotten passed have been like renaming post offices. And yet she still gets all of these leftists screaming and cheering for her. And I, I, I so I, I was talking to my friend, this guy I know earlier. There's a viral post by Sophia Narwitz of all of these leftist blue checks mocking Trump for saying coyotes were bringing kids over the border. Mm -hmm. Coyote, of course, is the name of the smugglers who bring people across the border. Yeah. 
All of these people thought that Trump was literally talking about coyotes carrying children, like Madingo, you know, ate or the dingo ate my baby or whatever. It was a combination of ignorance and arrogance. And then when I see AOC, and I see her getting 400,000 Twitch stream uh, viewers, I'm just like, our politicians of the future, it's going to be idiocracy. Mm-hmm. They're going to be influencers who know nothing, but man, yeah. can they get those views? Because she she won her primary. She's she's she might not win re-election. She probably probably will. Mm-hmm. You know, because there are still Republicans, and maybe I, I really doubt it. She's going to win, and that's crazy. Because what has she done other than rename some post offices and then offer up she's ridiculous cute. policies? No, yeah. she's an influencer. She she's got ten million. Hot, though. She's got ten million followers on Twitter. Sure, that's part of being an influencer. She can dance, just and she, she and can, she dances. Yeah. And you take someone who has no idea what's going on. You put. It, we are going to have politicians. Who are literally going to have flame wars on Twitter, and that's going to be it. No policy discussion whatsoever. Well, they should have a term limit then. In and out. If you don't do anything too bad, do something with your time. Don't waste my time. I don't think that's the issue. I think the issue is people don't vote based on policy. They're voting based on orange man bad. They're they're voting based on who I like or don't like. That's how Reagan got in, too. He was famous. He was a B-list actor. But but, but who, who who was Reagan running against in 84? Do you know? George Bush Senior um, Mon- was it Mondale? Mondale. It was like a horrible campaign. Yeah, and and what we've seen with Nixon as well is that there are these when things go too far left it does snap back. So maybe we're secretly going to see this big Trump wave and everyone's going to be are. shocked and the polls are going to be wrong. I think so. But what I kind of see happening in the future is the left is being wound up into this psychotic space, and it's so insane that policy can never be argued. That's why they're running Joe Biden, and that's why he hides in the basement. Because if Joe Biden comes out, they're going to be like, wait a minute, I disagree with that. So better just hide him and mm-hmm. then say, you hate Trump, though, right? The, politi- the politicians we're going to have in the future are going to be people who are like, I have no idea policy, but man left. Woo! And they're going to be like, yeah, yeah left. And it's going to be literal tribe to make teams. Well, it's like the Hunger Games movie uh, with Pan Am and, and uh, Katniss Everdeen. Uh, Seriously. Uh, what was her name? Lawrence, uh, the actress. Uh, Jennifer, Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence, yeah. yeah. And, you know, you have Pan Am, you have Cornelius Snow, and, and they, they're always, they're having like nonstop parties in the Capitol. They have no clue what's going on in the rest of the country. Exactly. And then, uh, and, and then everybody. they celebrate, you know, people dying. Right. And, right. and competing against each other, killing each other in a barbaric fashion. Good. So, it, 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 have, you, have you seen the movie Idiocracy? No. Mike Judge is a prophet. The president of, so, so you, do you know what it's about? Have you heard about it? No. So there's this average guy. And it's played by Luke Wilson. And he go he, he does this trial for like a stasis. He's, he's in the army and he volunteers, I guess, for the stasis thing. I don't know if he volunteered. He was like useless. Mm-hmm. So they were like, here's something you can do. Sleep for a year. So the, the project was to put him in this chamber, put him to sleep for a year, wake him up. And it was him and, and a prostitute who got, you know, put in this program. Mm-hmm. But... I guess he mentions like it's been a long time since since, I, since I've seen the movie because of bureaucracy and a lo- loss of funding, they like moved the the stasis containers into like storage and forgot about it for five hundred years. <laughs> then the machine finally kicks open. It's been five hundred years. He wakes up. He's in the future, and now he's the smartest person in in the world because in the beginning of the movie they explain that evolution wasn't favoring those who were the most skilled. Humanity had reached a point where evolution just rewarded those who reproduced the most. And then it shows this really funny scene where, like, this football player is like, he wins a football game and he goes, I'm going to do you. I'm going to do you. And that shows, like, his family tree getting bigger and bigger, like babies popping up. (laughs) So anyway, in the future, the president is a a wrestler named Camacho. Mm. And he has no idea what he's doing. Everybody, like, the water fountains all have Gatorade in them. And then they're, they're, they're they're watering their crops with Gatorade. So there's a huge famine. 
and they don't know why. And he's like, you know, when Luke Wilson is an average guy, he's not very smart. Yeah. He's just like, have you tried watering them? And they're like, water? Like, from a toilet? <laughs> and they laugh at him. What's funny about that is it's like, an, it's an older movie, but seeing the people laugh at him when he says, try watering the plants. And they're like, from a toilet, you're so dumb. Like, oh. That's exactly what we're seeing right now. Yeah. When people go on Twitter and go, can you believe Trump said coyote? They start laughing and high-fiving each other. You're and right. you've got some high-profile left-wing activists that are saying these things. Oh and it's gosh. like, we're in idiocracy. You're we're right. like, we're, we're like the food supply, man. And there's no, high fructose no, no, and aspartame. Dude, dude come on. It's no, been 30 years. That's nothing to do with why people are stupid. Oh, that's a big it's, part of why people are stupid. No, people are stupid because they're being catered to on their base, baser instincts by social media and by video games. And instead of going out and actually engaging with the world, we are continually, it's like we're, we're, we're institutionalizing our children into the, Every generation is more and more institutionalized. A yeah. kid goes to school and he's told what to do and he's given everything. Here's your lunch. Here's your homework. Do it. They come back. Now, now they're 22, they're 24, they're 26. They're getting out of college and they say, just tell me what to do. I've never done anything on my own. I'll just do what you tell me. Then they go on their internet and they hear their stupid tribalist garbage and they all laugh and giggle about how dumb they are, but they think they're smart. Those are the people who are voting right now. Yeah. And they might win. Ocasio-Cortez is the first, is the first step. And, and that's, I, I think, look, we've already got a world wrestling entertainment hall of famer president. So it's like Mike judge called it. He called it a little too early or he, he said it was gonna happen way later, but I, I, I see this is where we're headed. Now, the optimism in this is that perhaps regular people aren't stupid. I mean, people are average. You know, George Carlin said, think about how stupid the average person is. Now realize mm -hmm. half of them are stupider than that. Maybe regular people aren't that stupid and see what's going on and are like, I don't want to have anything to do with this. Yeah. But maybe, I don't know, maybe they are dumb and they're going to be like, Trump is bad and you know, vote against him. Now, I'm not going to sit here and act like Trump is the perfect person you know, th that we need. But I'll tell mm -hmm. you this, when you've got Facebook and these big tech companies and they're manipulating everything and they're, and they're uh, you know, everything they're doing. The only thing we can do right now is hope the Republicans win and then enact some 230 reform and change this. Otherwise, we will get a government run by people like Ocasio-Cortez who don't pass anything but stream video games on Twitch and do Instagram live streams but clearly have no understanding of politics. Yeah, it reminds me of the uh, 1993 movie Demolition Man with uh, oh, totally. Wesley oh, Snipes yeah. and uh, so Sylvester great. Stallone oh, man. where in the future, they're, they're cops basically in the future and this uh, every time you curse or swear – there's this it automatically finds you it's like alexa yeah. with the automatically like finds you and yeah, we so have one in the house you may have just yeah. turned around oh no <laughs> alexa stop <laughs> sorry if i turn on your your computer so, so yeah it's like demolition man i mean we're gonna live in a society that's it's it's built into the system it's institutionalized where any hate speech is you know automatically filtered out and you have no freedom of expression i mean you have to understand this is not like a right versus left issue i mean I don't know if it's the AI that's doing it, but maybe maybe it's maybe it's us versus the AI. Maybe AI controls Facebook because people have asked me, "What are Mark Zuckerberg's motives? Like, I, is he leftist? I don't know. No, he's, I've a, never he's a robot. Yeah, maybe he's a robot. Or, 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 reminds or, or me of Terminator alien. Two. Have you seen Terminator Two with Skynet? When they meet the guy that's building the Skynet AI, and he's all like joyous about it and jubilant, and Zuckerberg has the same kind of like 
uh, you know, oblivious no. optimism as to have you and seen he's Zuckerberg? literally building AI. Yeah, he's like have on nootropics. He thinks he's doing. He's like, he thinks he's bringing everyone together with and smiling and holding hands. Hello, my name is Mark Zuckerberg, and I have created Facebook. Like he's got to open. He's got to free that code. Shout out to all the code freers out oh, there. That literally yes. doesn't. You always say that, but it doesn't even mean anything. Because you got to watch what the AI is doing while it's talking to itself. Otherwise, the AI is going to go haywire. In terms of the AI, but Mark, he's Mark's building like, AI. He's like one of the one of the proponents of AI in the world right now. So what we're going to get, uh, are we being purposefully wrapped up in this algorithm so that we all live in idiocracy joyfully? I think we need hey, man, to ignorant, localize lawmaking. Ignorance is bliss, baby. So I think the top-down lawmaking is part of the problem with idiocracy, that, that we needed somebody above us telling us. I think at the local level, if we could make our laws we locally. We do that. Well, with like with, I mean, more, more. Like, I don't want someone to decide how much taxes I have to pay from the top. That makes no sense. What do you mean? We as a community should decide how much I want to commit to my roadways in this community. We do. Well, we have like a you gotta vote a for governor. Your you got to vote for your comptroller and 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 your your and your, your governor and your president and your comp, your your and your corner people to represent your, the the your first your 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 block leader in Chicago, then your aldermen, then your sheriffs, then your 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 county commissioners, then your city council people, then your mayor, then your state senators. Yeah, it's all a bunch of people above no, me. No, no, listen. You're, you're telling me to vote for someone that has power over me, but I want to be the one that decides where my tax dollars go. So run for office. Go. I don't want. I want to just have that bro, power. Bro, bro, bro. What you and don't understand? I think we all should. Is that one of the problems in this country is that people stopped voting locally? They're like. You know, I mean, blow, I you know, blows my mind. One of the is, problems is, is wait, wait, representative government. Pe people man. are like, I'm going to vote for Ocasio-Cortez to fix my neighborhood. She represents you to the federal government. What does she have to do with the Bronx? She can't represent anybody. She no, no, no. Represent she represents herself. you to the federal government. She tries and she no, no, fails. Bro, what you don't understand is that when you vote for a congressperson, you're voting for someone to vote federally, not for your home. Representative democracy is failing. What, 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 you don't, what you don't seem to understand is that when you vote for somebody, when you want your streets cleaned... You vote for your city councilman who says, I will clean the streets, or you run for city council on cleaning the streets. We have all of that local stuff, but Americans don't do that anymore. They're voting for senators on local issues for federal issues. It makes no sense. They're like, you, it, this, is what, this is what blows my mind about modern politics. You'll see a politician in Congress or the Senate, and they'll say, I'm going to go to Washington, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you here by fixing this thing. It's like, well, well hold on. Why are we talking about fixing this city and voting for a federal representative? That doesn't make sense. You want to fix the city, you got to vote for the locals to do the local thing. I don't even I think that's we could cut that part out. I mean, the technology is good enough. We don't need someone above us unless you don't want to participate and you want to give away your power, but why why would you why would you hire someone to do your to represent you when you can I guess just the, represent I guess, yourself? I guess the question is why do you think someone's above you? Well, if you vote someone to have the power over you to do you know, the, and a lot of times it could just be menial work that you don't want to deal with. They're public that. servants. Right. That whole, the, the, this is not, this is not the issue. Like the, I, I'm a public the, servant. I could be, you could be, we could all be like voting on our local, you know, direct democracy jurisdiction. doesn't work. Well, I mean, with the right technology, maybe it would, but I don't like, no, that's, I don't the, like the issue mob mentality. I don't like mob mentality. That's why it wouldn't work. So you, you elect a representative who's supposed to have a better understanding and represent your best interests and say something like, and they don't. I've got farmers over here and coal miners over here, and they disagree on this fundamental issue. Unfortunately, the one that has to be done is going to favor the coal miners. That's what we need to happen. So there's this idea of, of the, there's actually a group on Facebook that I know, a few guys, and they, they have this idea called the seasteading nation. And so basically what a deal, like, you know, if they want to build their own independent nation in the ocean, in the international, international waters. 
So they've built up designs on how to build their, like the structure, or whatever. And they'd have to deal with like international politics. But you know, if you, if you're going to do that, if you're going to build a, give me one, uh, you know, your own little nation in the, in international waters, you got to be careful about who you bring out there. Because if there's enough crazy people, then things can go it's, get chaotic, look, right? It's, it's really difficult but, to, to make a functioning society. Yeah. It's, it's extremely difficult. And we've done a pretty good job. But the problem is, I'm, I'm reminded of that video of the woman screaming into her phone, we're losing our democracy. Well, she's kind of, she's, she's, she's right, but probably for the wrong reasons. We're losing our democracy because we're voting for people and we've done it for decades. And all they do is they, they, they look at Joe Biden. I'm going to ban fracking. Then he, then he gets on stage. Are you going to ban fracking? No, I didn't say that. You get Hillary Clinton going on stage and speaking with a Southern accent. You get Ocasio-Cortez going on stage, and now all of a sudden she's talking with a Latina accent. And she's like, but that's my first language. Yeah, but you don't talk that way. You're talking that way now. We have video of you. You're just manipulating people. We have politicians who have decided just to say whatever they need to say to get elected. Mm-hmm. And then what do we get? AOC is supposed to represent this new wave of young upstarts who care. She doesn't. She doesn't do anything. She renames some post offices and then she goes and does Twitch and activism and she talks about getting rid of farting cows, none of which is realistic or is going to help anybody. She tries to implement this radical social economic change in the Green New Deal, which is more about the economy than it is about the environment, using the environment as a cudgel. We have politicians that just don't care. Here's something. So Cortez makes a decision and makes a vote about something. Then the people she represents, 70,000 people. What if those 750,000 people all voted on an app and then the, that vote was tallied? And instead of having someone like Cortez there, there's just that vote goes into effect. Because that would just be direct democracy. Well, on some level... And I feel like that term but, democracy also is just being being thrown out there a lot. And I don't even know if people understand what democracy means because everyone's like, save democracy. Don't let, you know, face, don't let Trump de- defeat democracy or democracy in darkness from the Washington Post. But by, to your example, I think using an app, that's a good way to interact with people, I think. But uh, that is more direct democracy as and and not not so much a republic. But is it worse than having one person, Cortez, just making the decision? Like, I'd rather give the decision to the crowd. Why? The, the crowd will then storm to some random person's house and then burn it down because they thought little girls were inside yeah, and they weren't. Yeah, but giving one human the power over 750,000 people's lives is less effective than giving those 750,000 people the decision. Ocasio-Cortez represents a district to the federal government. She fails to represent them, by no. the way. Do you know what that she means? She ineffectively represents them. Do you them. know what that yeah, means? Yeah, people vote her in, and then she goes and makes decisions on their behalf. No, she, no, no. She makes decisions at the federal level that affect the country, not her specific district. On these people's behalf. Yes. Okay, well, so what, what, what it sounds like you're, you're not understanding is that when a politician comes out for Congress and says, I'm going to clean up our district and do good. No, you're not. You're going to Congress at the federal level. You're going to vote on war and health care and things that will affect the greater nation. If you want to fix your district, vote locally. But people don't do this but anymore. What if so she's going to cast a federal vote on like something? Why wouldn't you not just take the tally of those people that she was representing and then cast that as the vote for the federal? Because direct thing? democracy doesn't work. And that's why we have a constitutional republic with democratic constitutional republics don't work. It, it's the, not at this scale. It's the best system that the, the world has devised so far. I agree, far. but we can improve it. Sure. Sure. But how? With technology, by but using all you're, apps all and you're stuff. doing is saying, I found a new way to do direct democracy, which doesn't work. Well, I mean, you still have it's sections. Like, it's, like, it's like playing Among Us, and then you vote out the person, then you kill the wrong person. <laughs> right, exactly. The, the, the new video game called yeah. Among Us. Well, it's actually an old video game. Yeah. <laughs> you still have like communities that have to come together to vote. So, but I, I you know, you wouldn't, you'd still have 
I think, locales of, of people. So you, you, like we have direct... local politics. We have state-level politics. We have city-level politics. We have county-level politics. We've got regional. We've got regional coalitions between states. And then we have the federal level. Everyone, what's happening in this country right now is the internet has removed localities out. They're gone. Local news is gone. Why? Because I'm just going to go to the New mm-hmm. York Times and I'm going to read about Trump. Well, yeah. did, did you know that a water main broke on 37th Street in your small town and now it's flooding and you're stuck? You're stu- people are going to national sources for news. They're not talking to their neighbors anymore. They're not voting for local politicians. Corruption will run amok. Like it, it, it's at the local level. The Internet has kind of digitized, in a sense, our political world so that instead of focusing on my neighbor, you know, through poop in my yard. Ah, oh, I'm angry about this. We should make that illegal. He shouldn't be allowed to do that. And so I'm going to vote for a guy who's going to pass that law to make that illegal. Instead, what's happening is they're like, someone's polluting in my in, in my backyard. It's my neighbor and he dumped a, a big old bucket of poop. So I'm going to vote for a federal politician to go and vote on whether we should go to war with it with, you know, in Afghanistan it has nothing to do with what's happening in your backyard. So what ends up happening is in California, you get one party control because people are like Democrat and the Democrats at the local level do literally nothing. Then they vote for for federal level politicians to go do things at the federal government level who don't do anything for California. So San Francisco, for, for instance, you got Nancy Pelosi. She represents San Francisco to the federal government. She's not going to clean up San Francisco. Her, her city's in ruins because people don't care. They don't do anything. You got a bunch of people that just don't know, don't care, and they're voting D or voting R. And that's where we are headed. That's it. Yeah. Facebook contributes to that. Yeah. Facebook can influence on a local level. So here's an example. So on September 27th, 2019, there was a post that was directed to uh, given to us as content moderators, and it was having to do with cops. So can if I have a photo of a cop, I post a photo of a cop doing an arrest, all right? I'm standing there watching, take a photo of him, post it on Facebook, and I put the caption, this cop is a pig. Should that be allowed on Facebook? I don't know. But Facebook's policy says if there's a private individual, this cop's not a public figure, they're not famous. If there's a private individual, I have a photo of them. I cannot compare them to an animal. So any that gets deleted no matter what. So, really? Yeah. So if I put a photo of someone who's not famous my neighbor and i say this person's a pig if i compare him to an inferior inferior animal that gets deleted what's inferior uh what what animals are inferior <laughs> i don't know what if i say oh, it was a grizzly bear uh that's probably not inferior this guy's a grizzly bear those are superior yeah those are superior that are they yeah they i'm are. actually from alaska so i take take offense to that statement totally this, this guy's a moose <laughs> um is yeah, a moose inferior moose meat mooses uh moose. i think it's moose. a moose Mooses? Mooses, yeah yeah i should know that um what about giraffe Giraffe. No, because think about it. Like it's silly, right? Yeah. Would that be considered an insult? I don't know. Giraffes. They're they're pretty. They're pretty, they're pretty cool. up to the moderator. And that's yeah, how man. nuanced the policy is. And there's a lot of gray area. And we try to all align and, and action things a certain way. But this 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 exception, they said, um, now for moving forward as of September 27th. So we're talking about Facebook preventing hate on the platform, right? But here they're allowing more hate. They're saying we're going to allow calling cops pigs. And the only reason why was quote. That is because of how the term is used in the NA market, North American market. So that was the justification for the decision to allow more attacks on cops. The only way that post of a Facebook of a cop getting called a pig, the only way it could get taken down is if that cop went to every single post and reported it himself with a name and face match. Well, then. How so, about we so do, face, uh, yeah. We're going to go Super Chats. Okay. Because we, 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 we went a little. Yeah, well, you know. these have got to flesh this local time. democracy thing out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Not Curtis says, I want to vote Trump mainly in spite of the media and Democrats, but also because of the peace deals. 
However, I can't stand him when words are coming out of his mouth. Oh, I'm so with you, dude. Not like my vote matters. I live in California. Your vote definitely matters in California. If every single Republican in, in every jurisdiction voted, they would probably beat every Democrat. But this is what people don't realize about AOC. When she won, I think she got like 180,000 votes. And there's something like 200,000 Republicans. If every Republican went out and voted, they'd win. And mm-hmm. then the whole district would be like, how did this happen? Well, it's because people voted. Yeah. But people don't actually vote. So, you know, we'll see how things play out. I tell you what, uh, I hear you. Vote if you want to vote. But your vote matters wherever you are. The only reason your vote doesn't matter is because people think it doesn't matter so they don't vote. You got to be enfranchised. El Diablo says early voting is for chumps. Change my mind. Sure, but Democrats are winning right now and that's going to rile them up. Dude, maybe. maybe. Biden said that he's going to end the oil industry. He did. And all those people that voted for him that are like, what? What? Imagine, imagine, imagine you voted early in Pennsylvania. And you're like, I don't like Trump. And then Biden comes out a week later. (laughs) By the way, you should have waited for the debate because I'm going to end the oil industry. And you're like, but I'm going to lose my job. Uh, Can I change my vote? Apparently, people were Google searching change vote like crazy. And they were Google searching change vote to Republican like crazy. Wow. Joe Biden said he's going to end the oil industry. He said a lot of stupid stuff last night. That's crazy. Yeah, I think Trump did a good job in in, uh, playing to, uh, you know, trying to get Biden riled up. And towards the last half hour, Biden was... I think he was losing some steam. He was stuttering a little bit more. Rio, Rio Grande. I think yeah. he was stuttering in that Rio Grande. So, yeah, I think um, yeah, I think a lot of people are going to want to want to change their votes. Hydro says, Tim, you say you get more views than CNN and other main. You say you get more views than CNN and other mainstream media. And if that is so, why would so many people not know about Hunter's laptop? I have never said that. I said I get around fifty-five percent of CNN's views on YouTube only. But YouTube, with their TV views and YouTube views combined, is like three or four times the views I get. Still, you know, it's not bad for that for for my channels. Yeah. Go away, says Tim. Look up the Great Reset. Biden's talking points are coming from the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab. I do not know who that is, but I'll check it out. KD says, Tim, we don't always agree, but at least you are a journalist that is researching both sides to get the truth. We need more journalists like you. Appreciate it. Let's see. There's an, a you are amazing emoji. I like that. All right. Let's see. Aaron Freeman says PA court sides with the Democrats. Signatures don't have to match. Opening door to full fraud like Al Franken and the pizza box missing votes that made their way for Obamacare. Yep. We are going to have one heck of a wild ride on uh, uh, in about 10 days. It's going to be fun. Also, don't forget to smash the like yes, button if you haven't already. Sure. I really like. appreciate it. Let's see. Zerg says, Biden, you should have told Americans the truth. Don't panic. Trump, do you remember the toilet paper? What, the panic? Here we go. The Flaming Gamer says, Caitlin Bennett meme appears to be a lie. The oldest post I can find of the image is on Reddit in a random post completely unrelated to Bennett. Yeah. That's why you just, like, I tell you, like, just don't care about what they say because they're making things up. Like, what are you going to yeah. do? People are going to post fake stuff. Let them post fake stuff. Yeah. Charming person says, I had a vision. Biden and Putin were attempting to resurrect Stalin, but failed. The spirit of Marx talking through AOC told them they'd been lacking two ingredients, Tubin seed and Trump's blood. That, thank you for that. I appreciate it. That's a great, a great dream. dream. Dan Larkin says, Tim, you're wrong about conservative prominence on Facebook. Jeremy Boring, CEO of Daily Wire, did a video about this just two days ago on the Daily Wire YouTube channel. I highly suggest you all watch it. I'll check it out. Jeremy's smart. He didn't go to high school or he didn't graduate, I don't think. Let's see. Tim, uh, Timothy Barsati says censorship has seemed to backfire because of the Streisand effect. So why do they keep censoring posts? Are they too stupid, arrogant, or are they actively helping some of these stories gain legs? That's a good point. That's a valid point. What do you think? 
Like, uh, let's, let's ban this so that people hear about it. I know, right? Know? Like when they banned InfoWars, it was like an emergency update. Um, yeah, who knows? Noni Perry says, the problem with the Expensify email is that as an employee, I have to use that. My employer mandates it. So when I get that email, the hand of my own employer is complicit in the political message. Yeah, I'd be livid. I'd quit. If like I worked for a company and they were like, we're going to issue a big message about Biden, I'd be like, I'll walk out that door and then do it. I'll, okay, later and I'll walk out the door. Right, whatever, man. What's funny, Tim, is one of my trainers, when I first started it as a content moderator, one of my trainers was openly uh, open about our political views. She said that Obama was her Patronus charm. Uh, what? Read another yeah. book. Oh my gosh, yeah. I hate it so much. Millennials are like, I read Harry Potter once. And the Hunger Games. That totally ruins Harry Potter for him. Seriously. What is this? Uh, Royal Canadian Moose says, prepare to put on your tinfoil hats, folks. What if book sales and speaking engagements are how they launder money to the corrupt politicians? Let's be real. That's how many it. people would read, let alone pay for something Joe Biden wrote? I mean, that's not even a conspiracy theory. It's 100% you have, you, you, you have warehouses full of books. They'll write a book. Someone will buy, you know, 500000 and they'll say it's for an event or something. They'll put it in a warehouse, and then that money goes to the publisher, and you get a percentage. Yep. And they simple. can charge, like, whatever they want for speeches. I think Hillary Clinton was, like, $100,000 a speech or something. I think she's gone down a lot yeah. in value. And by the way, Tim, I am working on a book. It's going to be called The Behind the Mask of Facebook. And so it should be coming out in the next couple months. Oh, That's nice. That's going to be awesome. You mentioned an organization you had, too. What is that? Yeah, so the the Hartwig Foundation for Free Speech is a, is an Arizona nonprofit corporation I formed last month. And so I'm lo- trying to get 501c3 status. But yeah, you can go to ryanhartwig.org and, and learn more about it. But uh, yeah, for I look to, I'm looking to just be more active and, and be an activist as far as you know, big tech goes and censorship because I feel like this... Even if you know whoever wins in the in the next couple of weeks, whether it's Trump or Biden, we need, still need people to speak out about censorship. Definitely, Justin Gunnick sa- Gunning says, "Actually, you can change your vote if you vote again. It just deletes the first vote cast. Look into this. Uh, encourage voters to change to Trump. I believe that is one hundred percent incorrect. And do not yeah, vote twice. That's super that illegal. Yeah." Yeah, super illegal. Don't do that. You should look into it, though, if you are interested. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure out how you need to go about the rules properly to make sure your vote is accurately cast. If, you know, whatever happens, just talk to your people, but don't vote twice. Consult uh, your local election officials. Yeah, exactly. Yes, don't exactly. don't take advice from yeah, us yeah. or anybody in the Super Chats. <laughs> or Cla- Facebook. Yeah, right. exactly. Claymore says, if President Trump were to get the Nobel Prize and you were invited to the dinner, would you wear a suit? I'm betting on not. I would not wear a suit. I'd- would you wear a beanie? <laughs> yes, I would. I would go wearing my clothes and nice. I would say, dude, I got invited to the Clinton, Clinton Foundation Gala, black tie affair. And I said, I'm not wearing a black tie. And I said, you can't come. I said, I'm not coming. And I did not go. Could you imagine that? They invited me to that thing. And I was like, nah, <laughs> you can't make me do it. Come on, man. Talk about like, I wonder if I could have got, you know, I, I would have made tons of connections, yeah. tons of high profile personalities, schmoozed with all these big wigs and millionaires, probably would have given me money and like, here, do these things. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to wear your clothes. Get out of here. <laughs> The African says, hey, Chad's and Lass, out of everything from last night's debate, there was one thing that stuck with me. Trump's been busting his butt making peace deals across the globe. What the hell is Biden thinking saying that all that crap he did about North Korea? Does he want war? Yes. He compared Kim Jong-un to Hitler. So now if he gets elected, we're going to have no relationship with North Korea at all. Talk about making everything worse. Not only that, Biden said we had a good relationship like <laughs> with Hitler. Yeah. Are, are you nuts? Talk about a moron. They tried to before uh, he invaded the Sudetenland. They gave him Neville Chamberlain. They called it appeasement. 
they were sure, trying sure. to be on as good. Everyone actually was Time Man of the Year, Hitler. Yeah, and yeah. What was it thirty three? I think I something like that. Yeah, was thirty three. Yeah, yeah. The world loved him at first. Oh yeah. All right. Let's see. What is this? Anyone? Uh, Kyle says, anyone checking out their local Trump donators? I'm two doors down from a proud 9K woman. Whoa. 9K. Like, you can't donate that much. Oh, actually, yeah. Over the years, you can. Yeah. Thinking of dropping off some flowers and a friendly <laughs> warning about the website. IDK about presentation since I don't want to spook or probably a bad idea. If yeah, people's private information gets released, you should not be in acting upon it in any way. I, I, I would not appreciate that. Keep reading yeah, your thoughts. That's I something guess. that I, I also concur with. So there are some people in my video release. I, I obviously filmed my coworkers. And and their names were first and last names were released. And one of my coworkers actually, sorry, one of my coworkers actually was talking about how she wanted to accept the Iran bounty, the hundred, what was it, eighty million dollars yeah. from Iran uh-huh. yep. to assassinate Trump. And she was speaking, she was speaking about that. And you know, people, I, I don't encourage doxing at all. So I mean, it's it's horrible that she, uh, you know, she got some hate for that. But yeah. I think under, that's understandable to a certain extent. But in any other country, if you were speaking out against someone. The president, uh, the state might take action. So I think I don't know if the Secret Service investigated those claims, but you know that I think privacy is very important. We shouldn't dox people. That's also part of Facebook's policy. It's written into their policy. Trunk driver says, Tim, how could you support Trump when he tried to coup Venezuela and he is sanctioning Iran and staying in Syria for the oil and printing money like a madman and expanding Big Brother? So my understanding about the Venezuela coup thing is, I I, I think you're referring to those guys who got captured. Like they were trying to, sh- they showed up on some boats and got caught. Uh, is he talking about Juan Guaido? Juan Guaido? So Juan uh, Guaido is supposedly going to run against right, for right, election, right. and then, yeah. but you, you need to know that every single Latin American country, except for maybe Mexico, supported Juan Guaido as the legitimate president of Venezuela. Venezuela is a disaster. It's an absolute disaster. Like yeah. I've been to Venezuela. They got no food. Yeah. I went there, and there's there's wealthier areas. But man, some of these these pro Venezuela journalists put out these Potemkin village pieces, and I'm like, dude, I went to the malls there. It was crazy. Yeah, just empty stores everywhere. Yeah, the theory is that the American sanctions caused the government to crumble, and then they blamed it on BS. Maduro. BS. They, they they nationalized like I think they recently national not recently but nationalized like airlines or like and so all the airlines leave. Yeah, dude, you, you if you've got a company doing a service and you're like, oh by the way, we're taking that company, they're gonna be like, I'm out later. And then here's, here's what happens every time with socialists. You get a bunch of farmers, right? And they're like, farmers shouldn't own farms. So we're seizing your farm and we're going to put the workers in charge. And the workers are like, I don't know how to, I don't know how to run a farm. And then they run out of food. That's what happens. They're like, we're going to take over the oil industry. That way the government gets all the profits. Good luck running the oil industry. You have no idea how to do it. So they don't. And then, the, yeah. Anyway, I, I, I want to answer this. I, I, not to get into Venezuela politics. Uh, I don't know enough about the coup of Venezuela, but uh, I'm not a fan, if that's the case. And that's a good point of criticism. Sanctioning Iran, I'm not opposed to sanctions. I think sanctions are an uh, excellent way of going about putting pressure on foreign countries instead of going to war. Staying in Syria, Syria for the oil, as far as I know, Trump tried leaving completely, and he got he got attacked by the left and the right, Democrats and Republicans, trying to stop him from doing it. So then he just blatantly was like, okay, we're going to keep him there to guard the oil. And I think he did that as kind of a smack in the face to the establishment. I'm going to let everybody know exactly what we're doing there. That I like, though I would like our troops to be gone from there. He's printing money like a madman, and that's horrible. An expanding Big Brother. I don't know uh, in which what, what, what reference expanding Big Brother is, but I'll tell you this. How can I vote for him? Banning critical race theory, shutting down the violent leftist riots, four historic peace agreements, withdrawing troops to the Middle East, 
I'll take it over Joe Biden, who would do. Listen, Trump's not great. We've got a lot of bad things about him. But uh, Joe Biden, we had eight years of Obama. And what do we get? More war, an escalation. And then they handed off this conflict to Donald Trump. Kids in cages? Obama. So, so, so listen, if, if, listen, I don't like voting for the lesser of two evils. And I said over and over again that I wouldn't vote for Trump if that was the case. But I don't think Trump is the lesser of two evils at this point. I think he's kind of okay. I'll take four historic peace agreements. I'm happy with that. Can I? Can I interject my two thoughts? My two thoughts, my two cents. I literally have two thoughts and then we can kind of wrap up. The reason I'm voting for Trump is because, um, I don't care about the deficit anymore. That used to be one of my biggest issues. My biggest issue is the pursuit of human life, which is very, very important to me. And that extends to the Middle East, which is Tim's deal. So I just want to let you guys know, if you are concerned about the deficit and the cost, it's more important that we have a country to worry about the deficit for than we don't. Yeah, I really, I, I think we're we're facing dire straits no matter what. Yeah, but, uh, we've oh, got, for sure. But banning critical race theory, these are, these are some of the things that need to happen that I think will start reversing the problem. So I think Trump will be a net positive in the long run. Lawson Harrison says, get Ryan Dawson on your show ASAP. Don't buy into the crap spewed about him being a loon or whatever. He is a wealth of knowledge in the Middle East and everything relevant about politics. I do not know who he is. We'll I look will into look it. him up. Regan says, hey, Tim, thank you for keeping journalism alive. Don't always agree, but we both know. Uh, and I can't say that name. Yunar says, AZ boys are in the house. On another note, the downhill skate scene is super far left because they are a bunch of college kids who complain about capitalism and Afro individuals who think we are freaking nuts doing 60 miles an hour downhill on pieces of wood with wheels. I'll tell you this. It seems like pro skateboarders either don't care or are right leaning. Like I've, 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 I've got people hitting me up. Yeah, man. Skateboarders. Yeah, I think you were talking about that on the previous shows. You were talking about... You know, it's not the right leaning. It's that whatever's happening right now, you've got people who are left libertarian joining the ranks of the right. That's why I'm really annoyed when everyone's like, Antifa's left libertarian. No, they aren't. They're violent authoritarians. They go around beating people to instill their will on them. Yeah. That's not libertarian at all. Yeah. No, the left libertarians are like, leave me alone, man. I want to go skate. You know, I don't like, dude, skateboarders will work minimum minimum wage jobs. So they can rent a one bedroom, bedroom apartment with five people living in it so that they can all work one day a week and skate the rest of the week. That's super left libertarians, as hippie as you get. These people are all like, wow, these people are crazy. They should leave me alone. I just want to skate. So they're like, I'm getting hit up by these people like crazy. Yeah. Let's see. Alternative. JK mm-hmm. says Biden mentioned in the debates while VP China was defending South Korea from North Korea. If true, this... This raises questions if President Xi is in ties with the South Korean president. In fact, the South Korean government is proposing their Green New Deal. Interesting. Trunk Driver says, what about Trump betraying Assange? What about Stephen Miller having ties to V-Dare? What do you think of Stephen Miller and V-Dare, bro? I don't know a whole lot about V-Dare at all. Well, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I was just going to say, well, Ecuador betrayed Assange, right? Because they... Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, the, the new president came in and then they... Uh, they wouldn't let him stay in the, the uh, yes, Amb- you are correct. Trump, uh, I wouldn't say Trump betrayed Assange. I would say Trump is enacting standard foreign policy against the man, which is wrong, and he should pardon him. But I think Trump's perspective on this is Julian Assange knows exactly what happened with WikiLeaks and uh, the Democrat emails and whether or not a particular individual was a source. I think Trump made the wrong move. I think Trump should have just pardoned Assange and then hoped for the best. Instead, 
what we what we know, at least according to a lot of this testimony and stories that have come out, Trump wanted Assange to say who was behind the leaks because Trump knows it wasn't Russia and Assange could prove it wasn't Russia. And because Assange doesn't want to compromise his organization and his sources won't reveal that information. And think about I think I think Trump's view is if Julian Assange came out and just said who the source was, it would it would cripple the establishment politicians in this country think, and their entire I don't narrative. I think it would. I think they'd be like, he's lying. And then the media would just be like, he's lying, he's lying, he's lying. Yeah, probably. And he, yep. he'd bury, bury his organization and, and for no why, reason. That's why, why Trump played the wrong move. Yeah. In try, and, and Trump should uh, should pardon him. Um, I, I don't know much about Stephen Miller or, or whatever. Daniel Irving says, love the show, Tim. Please shout out the fundraiser I'm helping produce tomorrow. It's for DMD. Details uh, on Facebook at Inspiration on Wheels. Six-hour live show. Thank you. There you go. Okay, we're getting a bunch of Super Chats popping in now. Well, we're just, we'll, we'll, we will read just a couple more. Uber Chat. Uber, Uber Chat. How do you yeah. say chat in German? Uber chat. I don't know. Let's Super find chat. out. Elia says, support you, Tim. Thank you for your daily segments. Trump 2020. Appreciate it. Jathtech says, I wrote an article for you. Here's an excerpt. The polls are a way to put a blinder over the eyes of the American people, so they are shocked. They gave them a catastrophe they never saw coming, and they went to war. Hmm. Austin Trammell says, my friend just told me she's voting for Biden because Trump bad. She can't name a thing he has done bad other than media talking points. How can I possibly change her mind? I don't want her to vote away her rights. Let me tell you all Persuasion 101. In Persuasion, the first thing you, you, you never do is approach someone as an adversary. The first thing you need to do is rapport. So when you're talking to someone like uh, uh, Ryan here, you're 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 right leaning. Are you going to vote for Trump? Yeah. So if I didn't want you to vote for Trump, the first thing you do it's it's the basics of persuasion is rapport, extreme, and turn. The first thing is I would be like, yeah, bro, high five, like I'm I'm all about it, you know, Trump 2020, mag, all that stuff. Rapport immediately makes the other person feel comfortable around you, like they're like me and I'm safe. It's a psychological tribalist function of the human mind or whatever. The second thing you do is called the extreme. After you agree with them, you offer up a positive proposition that is too extreme for them to agree with. You say something like, the reason you're voting for Donald Trump is because he committed atrocity and you love that he committed atrocity. And then this other person will be like, oh, no, that's that's I'm, I'm not all about that. Then you give them the turn, which is you say, well, OK, well, I mean, fine, I guess that one's bad, but he's still pretty good. What you've done there is, as a friend, you've gotten them to reject their own opinion, or at least a portion of it. You can never convince someone overnight. These people have been inundated by media over and over again in propaganda. So that will never just change their mind outright. But that's that's like, a, it's part of sales. When we used to do fundraising for nonprofits, the smart people who are good at it, they, they understood these concepts. It's one of the reasons I hated doing this job, because it just became plastic. You're not actually talking to people and explaining what you think and what you want to do. But uh, the, the gist of it is you tell them, you respect them. Yeah, Biden's great, all that good stuff. Then you say something that Biden's done and you say either, you know what? I'm glad that he was cutting deals with these Chinese companies, you know? I mean, like, think about it. It's going to if our president is indebted to the Chinese Communist Party, there won't be a war. And, and you, you guys read about Thucydides' trap, right? I, I understand they're, you know, they're torturing the, the Uyghur Muslims and all that stuff. So that kind of uh, extreme position and you mm -hmm. can get really extreme with it. We'll make the average person be like, I don't agree with that. And then you say, okay, well, I guess Biden's not that great, but I mean, I still like him. And then mm -hmm. you make the other person change their mind. Mm. It's a manipulation thing. I'm not actually recommending doing it. It's just something I have to explain because it's what the nonprofits do. That's like the, the key function of how nonprofits fundraise. Mm. 
Yep. I used to be a director at one of these companies. Or at, at a bunch of them, actually. Cargoosh says, Tim, do you think the Durham report will yield any significant indictments? I do not. I think everyone's getting all riled up just like they did, the left did with Russiagate, and it's going to result in nothing. Uh, let's see. We got uh, a couple more. Let's see. Jason Savorn says, why not address today's media strategy of propaganda being similar to the strategies used by Joseph Goebbels in ushering Hitler to power? I mean, is it? Goebbels. Goebbels? Yeah. Is, is it similar? I don't know. Goebbels. Oh, I, I said that he invaded the Sudetenland. I want to take that back. Neville Chamberlain gave Hitler the Sudetenland. Ah. When, and then he invaded Poland, everybody, to go yeah. war on him. All right, let's see. Nate says, hey, Tim and crew, longtime fans to Occupy. I would love to see Dylan Radigan on your show. I would, too, but he retired. He's a farmer now. Oh, man. Damn it. Trunk Driver says, thanks for answering and not running. Much respect for that. V-Dare is a straight-up neo-Nazi newsletter. Trump top aide has ties to V-Dare and Richard Spencer. Another one of Trump's people, Julia Hahn, also has ties. You know, I don't know anything about that. Toys Read Book says, would you guys support a, and completely, a completely verified social platform where only people who identified, identified to open but can have whatever handle only one account? Um, I'm down for whatever, but I mean, like, it's all about critical mass for these platforms. So, Otherwise, no one wants to come on them. So it's like linked to your government ID, basically? Yeah. Like you don't have one account? Yeah. I don't know. That's I don't want the government having access to those. Because at some point, the government would have to have access to your social media account. And then that's just kind of a slippery slope. We were talking about anonymous um, web, like anonymous social media thing where you have peer verification, where you'll okay. have like... If enough people can say like, oh, yeah, this account likes dogs, this account likes video games, then when you, you say this is who you are, they can see that, you know, 70 of your of your peers have acknowledged that you are who you say you are oh, without ever having to acknowledge who you are. Hmm. Okay. All right. Here's the last one. Um, let's see. What is, is that it, one? Is it the last one? The last Super Chat. Yes. Man Spider says Aiden Paladin needs to come on the show. Um, I know Aiden. I will reach out to Aiden Paladin and we'll see what happens. Very cool. That being said, hey, Ryan, yes. thanks for joining us. Been, yeah, thanks been, for having me. Yeah, gr- great conversation. We, we we didn't go through most of your notes. You got a ton, <laughs> but it was good anyway. something in particular you wanted to mention? Um, I saw you looking at your notes at one point. I mean, I, I came a little bit overprepared. There's so much there. I mean, there's so yeah. much evidence. I mean, the, the video you saw with Project Veritas was just like scratching the surface. There wow. And there were some conversations I wanted to include in the video that didn't make it into the video. But just the last thing I want to say, it's kind of funny, is um, this is a post from uh, October 17th. So Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg gave a speech at Georgetown University this past October or a year ago. Um, and it, so they gave us instructions like heads up, Mark Zuckerberg live speech. He's going to underscore the company's commitment to giving people a voice, da, da, da. And then in that same paragraph, they're telling us, but due to the nature of this commentary of feedback, we may see escalations or an increase in user reports of hate speech. And wanted to provide a heads up on this. So like, <laughs> hey, Zuckerberg's going to talk about giving people a voice. Make sure you delete any hate speech. So, I yeah. mean, it just shows you where their heart is. They're really not concerned about giving well, people a voice. free speech is is bad. So the left would report him for saying free speech. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, man, thanks for joining us. Do you have a social media you want to mention or anything? Um, so Twitter is at RealRyanHartwig. And then also on Instagram, the same hash, same uh, handle. And then I'm also on Gab and Parlor. And you can go to ryanhartwig.org cool. is my domain. Right so, on, man. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Thanks. And of course, you can uh, follow me on YouTube at uh, youtube.com slash timcast and youtube.com slash timcastnews, my other two channels. I'm also on Twitter, Instagram, and Parlor at timcast, of course. You can follow at Ian Crossland. Yes, at Ian Crossland. And basically everywhere. To me. Everywhere. Everywhere. Pretty much everywhere. And at Sour Patch Lids. That's Sour Patch Lids. L-Y-D-S. L-Y-D-S. So uh, we do the show Monday through Friday live. We'll be back Monday. Make sure you smash that like button on the way out. Subscribe. 
And we'll have clips up all through from this show all throughout tomorrow. Very shareable segments. So we'll hit key points. That's the point of the clips for the most part. You can be mm-hmm. like, hey, here's a thing you need to see and share with your friends if you think this stuff's important because we got a dude sitting right here basically saying, yeah, they're interfering in our elections, man. But anyway, thanks for hanging out. We'll see you all Monday at 8 p.m. Adios, everybody.